I don't know how long since I've actually been in here. It was actually the 14th of December last time we were in here to record a podcast. Oh, I was thinking it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about the space program with our friend Kevin, who uh, happens to participate. <laughs> Although you know, a little bit behind at this point, which, which I don't know. It's not really something to necessarily follow as progression. No, I think, I think that's one of the... I'm trying to describe that up front to everybody. Like, if you follow this every day, you will fall apart. Um, I don't yeah. think there's no way to actually do it every single day. Pick little gems here and there, and then sprinkle in other stuff that's actually probably healthy for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I think like maybe go it. outside. Yeah, or do something. Do something real. Different. I mean, no, what it, I don't even want to say real, but something a bit softer because a lot of those sessions are. Um, not easy uh, they don't have to I, okay so anything you can make hard or easy depending on sure. how you go into it some of them just inevitably through volume will be difficult um, just the amount of repetitions of a, a certain amount of weight yeah no matter how much time it takes you it's going to be hard but uh, you could make I've done some of them as recovery workouts testing it out to see what it'd be like and and that's how most of them come about I guess from my side, I usually do one really easy and then I do it medium and then I give it to other people to see how they would do it hard and then I do it hard. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So you get a couple different ways to do it and by that time I get the verge I can do the version that I think will be the trickiest or the you know You figure out where people are able to pace or what they're able to mm-hmm. evade. Yeah. In some ways which a lot of that's how it used to how it started out. Yeah, I have you. What have you thought of it so far, Kevin? So I've I've done a couple workouts um, where I've basically implemented it into my program by um, doing two sessions a week. Um, okay. Of of the space program, and so for me, what. I basically use all my other workouts as a recovery almost. So mm-hmm. I really enjoy indoor rock climbing, which, um, you know, one of my goals for 2021 is actually to climb outside. Nice. Um, but that's kind of daunting and scary. But, you know, I try and do that a couple times a week. Um, my father and I actually do Brazilian jiu-jitsu together. We nice. just started that. Oh, did you really? So like the first lesson where we got to choke each other out was something that was kind of fun that you don't really get <laughs> to say you get <laughs> to do to your dad, and, it's like dad and live to tell about it. I know you're going to tap. <laughs> this is a long time coming. <laughs> just, yeah. just Nice. Just and, <laughs> and he... He was a you know a couple time you know state wrestling champion in Virginia uh, uh, when he was in in high school. So oh you know I'm stand uh, by yeah. yeah. I mean I'm I'm getting my ass handed to me no matter no matter what whether it's the instructor that's yeah. demonstrating or my dad. But um, that's been really fun. And so how I use the space program is okay. These are the two times you get to you know murder yourself throughout the week <laughs> to kind of progress forward. Yeah. Um, and and I've enjoyed it. I mean, 
Um, I think that's the, honestly that really is the way to use it is to, like yeah, to pick yeah. the ones. Yeah. And especially, and it, it could be you know sort of equipment dependent or just like exactly. by feeling, as as long as you don't always pick the ones yeah. that suit you. Yeah. Which which I try and make sure that I don't do. Yeah. Good. I mean, if you volunteered to do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, obviously you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> are no stranger to picking stuff that you're not going to immediately oh, be no. good at. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. such a it's such a long buy-in for for I don't know just more pain yeah. to some degree. I guess it gets phenomenally interesting. Yeah. Like it's really hard to not get addicted to jujitsu after. I think the buy-in is like two years, okay. and in two years you're like, okay, I, I know how to like not get hurt. For the most part, you'll still get tweaks and stuff, but then when I think there's like a light that comes on when you can see what you can do with it, and you're like, it's just fucking fascinating. Wrestling, it's just like fucking rolling around, you know, what do they call it? It's like folding laundry with somebody still in it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I am laundry, Uh, I guess, being folded. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's. Yeah, if you stick with it, uh, it can get it gets really hard sometimes. I, I think I'm in a down period right now. Where is um, Josh? West. He's in just it, north of Raleigh. Is that right? No, I, I spoke to him. Oh, okay. I, I DM'd him. He's um, okay. Good. He's just north of Richmond, actually. Richmond. So, okay. Okay. so, so he's not too far away. No, no, no. He's close. So I've 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 reached out and you know, uh, good. My, my dad loves to work out, so we have a we have a home gym, an office gym. That, nice. You know, in our office gym, we have um, an echo bike, nice bike, ski, and regular erg. We have a treadmill and you know some kettlebells and a and a rogue rack and stuff like that Beautiful. with some weights. And um, you know, I invited him uh, oh, nice. you know, if he wanted to. I was going to say, but for the jujitsu piece, also, oh right, yeah. it yeah. would be could be you know, yeah, it could be entertaining because he's I, he's fairly good, handy. isn't he? Yeah. He's pretty fucking good. Yeah. But he's also a really good teacher. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I I, I mean, uh, my jiu-jitsu has gone down since he's left, for sure. Okay. Like, it's dropped. And I, I have access to some of the best people mm-hmm. in the state and probably in the country. And it's just how he teaches and what level he allows you to practice at. Like, he gives you just exactly what you need. No, right. he has. there's a fine line, mm-hmm. you know, between, like, getting you to do better and also not letting you get away with something so that you have to <laughs> try hard. Yeah. 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 Jo- Josh is phenomenal at teaching. Um, whenever he, co- I mean, I kind of tweaked my back last time I was here and that was like the most disappointing thing is that we couldn't roll. Right. So that's what we look forward to. But uh, if you're close to him, for sure, reach out to him. And he, he needs to train anyway. He's getting fucking lazy. <laughs> yeah. So he went fishing or something the other yeah. day. <laughs> like, wait, what? But and you didn't even like wrestle a shark or something, <laughs> you know? That's kind of not, not many sharks in Virginia. But. Okay, well, um, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know what they were fishing for, but I, it'll be good to have him up. Um, and all of those things combined, um, I I don't know. That's I mean, kind those, of like the doing. types of movement yeah. that you're doing. Yeah, I mean. Psh- Seems interconnected. Yeah, it's really, I think it really is. And it's all, I mean, just make sure that with, you know, jujitsu is pulling, you know, the rock gym is pulling. Do some balancing in the the artificial thing. Like maybe choose some more workouts in the space, that are more pushing or substitute some movements or just, you know, 
before, after, whatever your supplemental stuff, make sure that yeah you don't end up with the oh, I already have the that. kyphosis. <laughs> yeah, I gotta. Yeah. Oh, that's something that I need to work on posture. I, I don't know how I got so far away from from good posture, but it's definitely something that I'm interested in kind yeah. of fixing. But the space, again, just to circle back to the space program, you know, two times a week plus all the other stuff kind of folded in. It's hard to think that you can get everything that you guys have intended to, to kind of get out of it by doing it more than that. Um, <laughs> it goes the opposite way, right? It's like one of those sure. U-shaped curves. Yeah. Like yeah, three times a week is where I imagine – the most amount of benefit tip of the bell curve four for like some of the youngest most recovering fittest people could yeah. get away with it yeah. and then for sure five you're sliding down the other side like yeah. i i don't know you see people do i don't know 10 workouts a week or something but at least seven of them are pretty mild you know and three of them are if three of them are devastating then the other seven are really mild it's we can handle a lot of training it's just but you really can't handle a lot of hard training. I guess how it goes. Yeah. Um, vo volume is super important to building anything. Uh, and I think that's what people are missing. I mean, I, you kind of relayed that sentiment in the last article that's going into the uh, endurance manual is this, this idea of, you know, intensity sharpening and volume building. And people don't really want to build anything. They just want to tear it down because it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also like just I mean talking um with one of the guys Kai the other night on the on the bike and he's you know separated from the military had something he got blown up so um had some medical damage you know and they're just like VA is like here you have this and this and this here are pills and he's like oh pills well that makes really good with alcohol and then he goes down <laughs> and went down that road got fat stopped working out blah 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 and then you know had an epiphany of some kind and came back but it was really interesting this the that the self-talk that e even though he even that he was using with himself during a 24-hour thing i'm just like dude you gotta go a little easier on yourself man because this is going on we got like yeah. seven more hours <laughs> of this you've <laughs> yeah. already been doing it for a long time you're not lazy or you wouldn't fucking be here it's the right. middle, it's three o'clock in the morning or you know and, and um and, and I think that's a lot of when you say people like to tear themselves down in a mm -hmm. way, I think that goes hand in hand with that, with the, you know, negative self-talk. And Internal I'm not, dialogue, you know, yeah, yeah the, 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 you know, still trying to prove it to or, you know, whatever it is of like, I, I don't, I'm not fulfilling what I perceive my potential to be. I'm not living up to it. I'm not this, this and this. And then you get, um, and that can be super helpful. I don't think it's sustainable, but. I mean, and this is coming from me, so take it with a fucking grain of salt. But because um, I'm not down the self-love road that Roger's, you know, pretty <laughs> fucking far down by this point um, in terms of like only positive. Sure. Yeah. Stroke myself. I mean, yeah, pet yeah. stroke. I don't know. Shit. I think uh, of self-love and I think of stroke. Yeah, so we're on the same page. OK, but but <laughs> but, but g engaging in and, and actually getting to spend some time with Scott when I went ice climbing was amazing because he's this is something he's been working on for a really long time is like the, the, I don't get mad at, you know, I, I drop the coffee cup on the kitchen floor and oh, yeah. I'm, you know, on a good day, I'm laughing before it hits. I'm laughing at myself rather than like beating myself up. Kind of like you fucking clumsy. God damn it. Now, you know, like that's the, and, 
and we've spoken about it before of where like we'll, we'll never engage with someone else in the way that we talk to ourselves right and i think once you change but once you change a little bit the language then you change the behavior you can actually use the training to build rather than to tear down and you know punish well i think because people um they use punishment or or you know let's say uh, self-deprecation uh-huh. they use that as um maybe a, to show the world that they're correcting their behavior but it gets in the way of actually correcting your behavior if if that's where it ends yeah like if if the um if the acknowledgement that you did something wrong um ends at you just acknowledging it yeah then then all you have is a self-deprecation oh i'm an idiot oh i fucked up and dropped the coffee mug i'm not paying attention well there's no like the only way to change something is to positively affect it and that, not to get into like <laughs> i don't want to be too positive here but that is the only the way to change is by positive inflection not by a negative consequence yeah negative consequences bounce you off the ground and that's uh, i don't if you saw you see the last workout that was posted in the space program Mm-mm. um it's titled i think 666 self-awareness um it's something like that um <clears throat> and it really had to do with uh, we're coming to the end of this beta testing program and after three months of it you've seen some familiar themes pop up um and people go hard and then they'll write about you know where they think they could have got better but not a, a lot of the time when we're in here, I make people uh, estimate when they're going to finish, like to be in control of the effort. And then they can control how hard they want to go. If it, So I gave a workout, it's a three, six, nine, something, pick, pick a movement, pick a machine, and um, then estimate your time. However you estimate, I don't care. I have my own way of doing it, and I try to explain that kind of in the video about how I break down reps per minute and then add in a little bit of transition time. Um, and then I, you know, there's a 70, 80, 90% theme going on. If I'm going to go 80, okay, it's a function of this. And this is how I estimate my time. If you're under that, great. You know, you went fat or you held back and you left enough in the tank. Um, and then there's a consequence for going too easy, which means there's more work or, you know, overestimate or underestimating your kind of, it's not, it's not terrible, but it's enough. And if you go over, there's another penalty, <laughs> which is worse. So if you're if you're conservative, you get away with a little bit more. If you're arrogant or egotistical about your ability, well, you'll pay in a painful way. But that's the lesson is like about halfway through, you should notice your error or you should be able to adjust along the way to hit the marker however you want. And that's – I go back and forth with like – you know, should we punish people? Well, it's not really punishment. It's just pain helps enforce a concept, which is self-knowledge or, you know, um, being able to be able to predict what you're capable of to a very fine degree, I think. Um, and I don't think that's explored very much in training. I, I mean, it is kind of by consequence. Like you do another program and you, you follow some progression that has no feeling into it's just written out words and and movements and you'll learn something if you're paying attention but i want people to pay attention and then have the movements matter first yeah i I mean i think giving some mental 
giving them some to some way to engage other than simply doing the movements <laughs> i think you yeah. know hey yeah. reinforces or enforces some presence yeah and while we were saying before we were recording um a lot of people, we haven't really explained this because I don't know how to exactly other than to talk about it in a bunch of different ways, hoping that enough words flower the actual <laughs> thing. Um, and that's that like in anything that we do, we're trying to transcribe a feeling like it's the ultimate, I guess. Yeah. Empathy is like, hey, do this in this time domain with these movements and you will feel what I felt, and then we can have a conversation about what that thing was. The perfect example is the 24-hour assault bike challenge, which yeah. we'll get into. But it's like every, everybody had a different experience. Everybody kind of did it a different way. And you could tell the people who had the same experience that were doing something similar. There was something recognizable in in their uh, in pretty much every way that they were standing. Um, and that's, I think... Um, what me and Keegan and you know what I got from Mark learning from all those years is like you would do something and they would see it on your face that you got what they were trying to tell you to feel so you're almost like transcribing an emotional response through work and time and load or all of these you know ingredients in in effort and when you feel it you go oh I'm the same but different and I think that's that's the power of what we're trying to do. And so it has nothing to do with like a bigger back squat or faster. Although the better you get, the the more different the feelings can become. And that's really the hard part to explain to somebody. Like, why, why would you want to get so fit that you can risk injury? You can do it like it's hard. It hurts. Well, there's more feelings available to you. You're more sensitive to it. Um, you're, you're number to the, you know, lower grade pain and you're sensitive to the higher grade pain that, you know, illuminates other things that happen in your brain. Well, you, you can also start to avoid that because you know how painful it is, mm -hmm. which is not a good place to be either. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it seems like it's a pretty fine line between thinking just arbitrarily, oh, you know, hour for max meters on, you know, any of the ergs. <laughs> yeah. That's painful you should be in almost pain for at least 50 of the minutes you know just because you're like i can't go on uh and the way that i you know kind of navigated or, or attempt to navigate stuff that i know that's going to be painful sometimes you just lose but you <laughs> you know one more minute or you know because similar to what you and i'm not going to speak for you but something that i've experienced in in longer races is you know it, it's like a they're like waves, you know, mm -hmm. oh, enthusiasm yeah. and optimism comes in <laughs> waves to where you have to understand and, okay, I'm going to drown for a couple waves. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that I'm not going to be able to come back out of it and, you know, hit a sandbar or mm -hmm. hit something that's going to, you know, get you back into the mindset of that. What actually made you sign up for the race or sign up for the challenge or sign up for anything. So I kind think of knowing that your the 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 current your current condition isn't permanent temporary yeah. is pretty fucking helpful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like just like um, uh, unless you've maybe you know, well, even if you ruin yourself by overdoing the nutrition and hydration or making mm -hmm. a mistake there, that's still temporary because mm -hmm. you're gonna yeah. you know you're you're gonna 
slow down enough to you know let your body assimilate and then then it'll turn it into you know gas and you'll be able to keep going or you're going to vomit and then you're going to keep going um <laughs> or whatever which is sometimes it's the best fucking thing it's like all right i blew it i need these calories but apparently they don't want to be in me yeah right. <laughs> no. and and then all of a sudden you just like resist 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 and then like won't let it go and then you're like oh man okay got a bad taste in my mouth but it feel way better yeah. and then like the psychological state changed now i'm not in a fight with myself anymore mm. i'm somewhat liberated but i think in those in, in the the long-term things that you know when you talk about and so I don't want to go into detail because I want to make sure that we cover it in the round table or whatever mm-hmm. when that ever, when that happens. But like the half to three quarter mark, mm-hmm. you know, which would be from 10 p.m. till three or four a.m., mm-hmm. I guess, should have been the hardest part for most people. But it didn't seem like it was. No, <laughs> for fa- whatever reason, it felt. Yeah. Like I, I never felt like I, I could when I started to DJ for sure. It's because I felt the the downslope of the 3 a.m. Right. Okay, this is when it's going to go, or 2.30 or whatever it was, you know, like, but this is, this is when I wake up. So, I mean, <laughs> or no, when I feel awake, not because I'm still awake. But um, so maybe there's some manipulation, but I, but it was, that was a fascinating component to me was that there was almost no deep darkness that anyone went towards. Yeah, I mean, I... Uh... Which is kind of regrettable. I think, like, <laughs> I, I wish, you know, we found a plan, and we'll explain kind of our pacing strategy, uh, that that provided the most performance out of it. Um, and it's weird that the most performance kind of has to do with staying out of your own way. But the longer pieces that allow you to kind of go into dark places, yeah, that's those are... Those are the best places to be, to, to do any like real problem solving and figuring yourself out or, you know, whatever. Just you confrontation with self or experiencing self. But yeah, but there, I mean, I c- couldn't imagine be like, all right, you guys, both of you nap for an hour. I'm just going to be on this bike for the next hour because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need it, to get mine like at three in the morning or something like that. That would not have been um, light and joyful (laughs) it's true yeah and all of these are like this happens to be one event but obviously you've raced a bunch and done your own it's all we're all we're talking about the same thing whether it's 15 minutes or 24 hours or 15 days or whatever the ridiculous amount of time you need to get your thing in it's applying you know your your try hard to something and trying to figure out the problems that arise by doing so, which a lot of them are physical, but most of them are mental, um, which is a strange, uh, it's just a strange dichotomy because you, you want to do a thing. Actually, how Mark says it is perfect. You want to have had done the thing. Doing it is a totally different thing. Like, I want to be able to tell my friends I did a 24-hour assault bike challenge. Not that I give a shit now, but... Like that, but in the middle of it, 
I want nothing to do with this. Like, I don't care <laughs> what they think of me. So, and then you're fu- like, now you're facing the honest truth about what you desire in life. And that's what I think is so revealing about it. Because if you don't want it bad enough, you'll just quit because you don't give a shit. And that's fine too. But next time, just admit that you don't, your effort doesn't uh, match up with your self-worth or what you want the world to see you as. And that's fine too. Yeah. That's self-love, right? (laughs) It's exhibitionism, but... (laughs) Um, So, Kevin, we talked over lunch, was it two years ago? Yeah. uh, July of 2018, I was here for the Spartan race um, up in... Um, north of town, I don't, I don't, I don't know which mountain it is or hill it is or it's whatever. Been, I want to say Snow Basin. Maybe. I think so. Yeah, it's up in Ogden or something. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I think it's up there. Yeah. So I was competing in the um, the U.S. Um, championship series, um, which has you know kind of similar to any other series where it has you know five or six or seven races you know throughout the year in different locations in different locations with you know very different landscapes. Um, and different durations, or are they all roughly about the same time frame? So they have a um, they have a category where um, it you do the super um, for most of them, and then they have the beast for the North American Championships. And some of this has changed since just the evolution of the Spartan beast race. Beast more is, difficult than super. Correct. Okay. Beast is like a half marathon <laughs> distance, like thirteen to fifteen. Okay. They, they don't they don't put an exact number on it just because you know how do you you know, yeah. 13 miles in Florida and 13 miles in West Virginia, you're, Could, you're coming out the other side in a very different place. And, right. you know, the people that are winning in Florida, you know, when you get to the top level, they, they can kind of do kind of whatever, but okay. you know, yeah. just the age group type stuff, you, you know, if you're, if you're from Florida, you're probably going to do good in Florida. You take them to West Virginia, you know, maybe less so, maybe less so. <laughs> so for me, you know, coming from a, but if you, if you get in West Virginia, you're good everywhere, right? Yeah, you're you're you have a better chance of being good everywhere. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm guessing. Just, yeah, you know, you might run into trouble if if you're, you know, July and in, in my in Miami, and you're you're coming from mountains, you're gonna right. you're gonna be sweating a little bit more than you're you're accustomed to. But yeah. for the most part, that it, it shouldn't be too difficult. Um, and so, yeah, that was the first time we kind of. Um, and did you down. continue? Did you remember? So I've, some I've had some injury issues, injury which, issues which is not were. something that I'm accustomed to. And I, I kind of still haven't figured it out completely. Um, you know, doing a, a compartment syndrome test is not on the top of my list of things to, to do just because, you know, the idea of you sticking a really long needle into my shin to test for pressure is not excitable for right. me but um <laughs> oh, i think it'd be the, highly excitable <laughs> when it was happening <laughs> yeah. um oh but um you know it's something that i hope to figure out just because i you know I, I i like competing i like having a goal um to say okay you know you get some days you get a percent better sometimes you don't but it, it gives me the motivation to you know continue because i i came from a background of team sports where it's like if you don't do this workout, if you don't do X, Y, and Z, you have the potential to let down those yeah. you know, other 10 guys or, you know, 18 guys, depending upon, you know, substitutions and everything like that. But that's a very powerful motivator. Now I could be 250 and it wouldn't 
you know, may, may not get any girls, but you know, it won't matter because yeah. I'm not, I'm not training for anything. I'm not competing. I'm not letting anybody down. Um, and so it's been a real challenge for me so to find, find things to, 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 to make that shift into being like, okay, I have that competitive nature. How do I then kind of shift it and, and use that towards something else? And, you know, not prepared to gain 35 pounds to do CrossFit. Right. I'm not <laughs> prepared to gain or to lose 25 pounds to, you know, go out on the, you know, road uh, yeah. racing circuit. So I kind of was right in the middle. And that was kind of one of the things that I could, I, I the, the realized that I would, I would like to resonate with you physically as well as psychologically. Yeah. And you know, the tough part is, and the, the most difficult part is I want to be that mountain goat, but that train yeah. <laughs> left the station, you know, I'm thir- I'm about, I'm thir- I'll be 35 in March left about 30 years ago. <laughs> so, right. you know, I mean, I, I can't, you know, I, so it, it, that's been some. That's been something else that I didn't think that I would get to um, in terms of like a, a struggle mentally of like, hey, you just need to give it up. You you have the power endurance from soccer. Yeah, stick to the you know three mile, where you as, know as opposed to the beast. Which right. So what is like a, a half marathon distance obstacle race, time wise for you? Let's say more than two, less than three hours. Um, closer yeah, to two? Yeah. I mean, it, it'll depend. I mean, I obviously mean, depend on I elevation have, gain or yeah. I mean, a number I, of things. I, um, I wore my uh, watch during um, the one beast I did in Big Bear. Okay. Um, and I can show you that. Um, <laughs> and Ouch. that was um, That's, uh, jagged, if I, you, I was, to say the least. Yeah, I was going to say, so... Starting elevation of like 8,000 or something? Higher. Excellent. Yeah. Coming from... The start line was the lowest point. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, and, um, you know, you were talking about (laughs) diet, nutrition during. Yeah. There was none, Um, which was (laughs) a really bad idea. But for me, because I don't have the background in racing and and running and that sort of thing outside of just, you know, Here's a five mile run to practice for soccer. Yeah, um, yeah. Nutrition was 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 tough. I mean, I mean, especially coming from sea level, essentially to that altitude. Yeah, there's going to be, and depending on how long ahead of the race you get there, how much yeah. you know, there's an ideal time, which is the month before. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, the actual time, the day before. Yeah, yeah or, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I was able to get there. Um, we competed on Saturday. I, I got there like Thursday midday or something like that. So okay. I got a little bit, but at the same time, You're, certainly not enough. But, yeah. you know, I mean. But it's almost it's almost the worst. Like, gen, you know, it, it, in, in some ways, it's like you arrive the night before and then get it done before too much like reaction or response to the altitude occurs Um, somewhere in that two to three day window. It's when it will feel the absolute worst. Your body just be like, seriously, it's tough coming from, from Virginia. Cause then you're like, well, Oh yeah. If one plane is, you know, delayed, you'll miss. You're so fucked. Yeah. And then all the training, yeah. It would seem like I didn't train with my time, but you know, all the training <laughs> kind of goes down, you know, down the drain to a certain degree. Cause then you're like, well, 
now I just missed a race. They, you know. Yeah, it's, they spent the weekend at the airport. Yeah. 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 And I'm not a pro, so I can't I can't really do that. Uh, unfortunately, I'm a pro in something else, which uh, which means my yeah. father being the boss was not going to sign off on me going there a month early. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, of um, course not. I mean, it's and I mean that's kind of a a uh, a, a joke in a way, but um, but it's it, I always marveled at. I mean, like, um, well, from Paul who came from came out from Delaware or whatever, like on the beach oh, yeah. to do the tour of Park City one year. Yeah. And I was like, dude, well, you know, we're going over Ball Mountain Pass or whatever it is, and that's like over 10,000 feet. <laughs> and like, that's like, you know what you're getting into when you do something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, this is going to be awful. Actually, sometimes but it's better if you don't, don't know what you're getting into. <laughs> it, well, yeah. I feel lightheaded. But, you're like, you're at 10,000 feet. Oh, nah, that's why. No, no wonder. <laughs> My heart rate's super low, and I can make no power. <laughs> I'm barely moving. <laughs> I, it's it's kind of strange. I there is the professional side of um, whatever sport you're competing in, and then there's the dedicated amateur. And I, it's like those are two totally different things, and they're both sort equally of. impressive, right? Like the the person that has a normal life that trains day in and day out because he likes doing the thing when he can jump on a flight and go, you know, run a race in big bear and then fly back that I think, I don't know that still fascinates me. And I, I get what you're saying about injury because that's kind of what drives me crazy. Cause I really like competing still. Like Same. I still enjoy it. Same. Um, this year was only miserable because I didn't realize how much I depended on travel and uh, competition to inform my creativity. That that was like, and now it's like, oh um, yeah, it's kind of a drug. Like it really, like it makes my brain operate differently, and I like how that brain operates. And without it, I become really fucking normal and rather dumb and slow and kind of complacent and lazy. And you're like, if I have something to prepare for though, everything shifts. And I'm like, God damn it. I'm all I am is what I expose myself to, which means I have no self-control over any of this shit and doing something stupid, like an assault bike channel. That was enough to remind me like, Oh, if there's something, no matter how arbitrary it is, if there's something on the horizon that you actually have to prepare specifically for, it just starts to shape your personality and <clears throat> it makes what you eat important. It makes like what you think about important and it makes the things after, um, I guess more important because they're actually thought about through this filter of effort and time and pressure and so the, the the thoughts that come out of that are shaped by something that's actually really real as opposed to just sitting in my house wanting to write something, you know, that's profound that can't be profound because I'm just sitting in my house staring at the wall being informed by whatever fucking Netflix show that I just watched. I was like, and that's somebody else's creativity. That's not mine. It's kind of strange, but I don't know. I like, I was, <laughs> you know... I felt really productive yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I mean, after 17 hours of sleep, but <laughs> is that how long you slept? Uh, not straight. <clears throat> yeah. But like got home 
um, slept for like five, woke mm. up eight, and then went out for twelve. Yeah, yeah, it was something. And then it was a little bit sluggish waking up. Like, sure. damn, I was out for a long time. Oh, uh, yeah, elbow, you know, <laughs> elbows. You know, just standing up. I'm like, quads. Oh, that's from hiking. Hamstrings. That's from the bike for sure. Uh, and then, like, it came in yesterday and just like, all right, we're getting close with this thing. Mm. It's time to, <laughs> you know, you know, st- stay up. I mean, I was here till two working. And wow. um, nice. I left and, here. Yeah. After eight hours of working, and yeah. then I went home, and thought I was going to take a break, and then started working again. So I ended up yeah. riding for another like four hours or something. All on the heels of having yeah. done, you know, something, which, yeah, that probably made last year kind of miserable. Did you travel at all, Kevin, last during the year for anything? Yeah, I had to. Um, I mean, a lot of it was driving versus. Uh, oh, yeah. I took I took a few flights, but um, for work I had to travel um, up to Michigan. Okay. Um, yeah. A handful of times. Um, so but there it, you, it yeah. was pretty pretty easy because there weren't as many people on the road. So oh yeah, you, know, you just you know. I Man, I took a bunch of road trips. You know, I mean, once I was, I guess it was June before it happened, mm-hmm. but then it was pretty much once or twice a month. I was. You know, doing some ten-hour drive to somewhere, yeah, right? <laughs> and I, I like to drive. Oh, I love. I it. love yeah. to drive. So for me, it's not really an issue. I mean, my girlfriend, you know, is like, "Yeah, I'll stay up with you all." You know, ten minutes in. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to take a quick nap. Wake yeah. me up in five minutes, yeah. and I know that the translation is, uh, "Don't wake me up." Don't wake me up yeah. unless you're about to fall asleep. Um, yeah. But you know, throw. Uh, my dog in the back and then, you know, just go where, kind of just go wherever I, wherever I need to. Yeah. Nice. So I, I mean, I think what, what this will really do is, and it's something that I have wanted to do for a little bit now, but just never got pushed or shoved into it is there's so much more to explore in the United States that you don't have to go outside of the United States for. And, you know, that's coming from somebody who, you know, I was extremely privileged to start traveling abroad in in fifth grade uh, for a French exchange program in Nice. Nice. So I spent three weeks in Nice Mm. as a fifth grader. Nice. So my my family has has um, you know instilled, and I've I've been you know fortunate enough, extremely fortunate enough that my parents would make you know countless um, sacrifices to allow me to experience those things, and you know whether it's fortunate or unfortunate that I wasn't able to experience them with my friend, my actual friends, because, you know, uh, they didn't necessarily join me, but, you know, even from an early age, it was, well, I'd rather experience it by myself than not experience it at all. Oh yeah. Um, And so, you know, I, what I hope to do is, you know, I have all these now places in the United States I want to visit. Whereas, you know, pre 2020, it was like, you know, Japan to snowboard and to, you know, maybe become a sumo wrestler with how much I'm going to eat there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Where now it's like, you know, I want to go to, you know, Wyoming or Idaho Mm. or something, something like that, where it's, it's here. I don't, I, it's not as prohibitive or, 
you know, tough to get to um, as some of those places with, you know, the expense, the yeah. uh, the duration of the flights and, you know, uh, that sort of thing. So I, you know, I th- I hope that it's really good, but, you know, based upon what you guys have uh, recounted from some of your experiences of going to some of those places, not everybody is leaving it in a better condition than, than, than <laughs> they found it, which is, which I understand is a, com- you know, a completely different uh, can of worms um, that has, you know, been beaten like a dead horse. But um, I just hope that that people can not be as selfish as. But as it's, I mean, that's an been. interesting thing of of, um, like a per- the personality that wants to leave their mark on a pl- you know that carves their name into a tree or a rock oh, or whatever sure. to you know versus the person who wants to leave it untouched. Yeah. I mean, those are two different personalities that. I think you're kind of fascinating to see side by side in, mm. in, in some ways, but I think a lot of the, the issues now with like, I feel, feel like people are more disassociated from history than ever, despite having access to way more information. And so when they go to a place, they don't understand the, the, you know, the, the ethics that have evolved in that place, i.e. it's a national park or it's a wilderness area. It could be BLM, you know, it's, it, regardless, whatever sort of public land, whatever outdoor space um, that there is, there's there's like a the only reason it is still like it is now for you to go there in 2020 or 2021, whatever, um, is because of this historical pattern of you know, conservationist behavior in a way. Yes, we can visit, but let's not fucking wreck it so that it's completely changed by man's presence for people in 10 years, in 20 years, two generations from now, whatever. And I, I find, uh, the, I mean, mostly the, like in the impact of 2020 of the places that I was seeing with a lot more people out driving around, finding destinations in the United States to go, finding you know, and, and becoming campers or mm-hmm. whatever, all of a sudden, man, with no reference point, uh, you know, other than like I'm just going to treat this place like it's my place at home, which I left because I trashed it or because it, you know, <laughs> yeah. or, or whatever. I'm just going to do that here. I'm like, no, you need to be uh, dragged behind a car until you realize the error of your ways. But I think some people take better care of their home. Like I, I know that it's easy to say, "Hey, for sure." You yes. know what I mean? Good so, like, point. Yes. you know, there. It's almost like when would, I go out, would I, you I, do that at your house? No, because so, then you have to live in your own trash. Right? Why are you yeah. doing that here? Yeah. And yeah, you know, sometimes because I'm moving on. Yeah, sometimes you want to give the person the benefit of the doubt that they're just oblivious and they don't. Which I didn't do just now. Oh, I don't think all. you should. Um, <laughs> it's just tough. But, but I understand that. But that's a, that's a thing. Is that like okay, and and you come in you behave in a certain way because you're ignorant and that ignorance could it, it could be completely neutral right um and depending on you, you know where i am i'm gonna i'm gonna color it whatever regardless of the neutrality of it and um but now that i see let's just say more people using public land more people traveling within the united states there is the demand for more education, more like sharing of the experience and how to treat these places is great, is greater than ever. And it's just not happening. Well, I think a lot of, of people accepting that message has to do with how it's broadcasted and how you're approached with it. 
You know? Oh yeah. You know, because if you, you know, if you see someone, you know, drop a rapper and you come up and you're like, you motherfucker, you need to yeah. you know, stop doing that. What if they didn't even know it fell out of their pocket? Yeah. Or, you know, as you said, there are so many more new people traveling to these places. Well, if you've never been to a dojo, you don't know to take your shoes off. Yeah. Well, if you're like, hey, don't know what you know or don't know, this is how we handle it here. Yeah. So if you can adjust, pay more attention, which is a lot of the, the problem and a lot, some uh, a topic you guys talk about all the time, well, maybe it'll be received a little bit better. And that then it will be passed on in a different by them in a in a in a better way. Right. So, but yeah. it's it's just really easy to just assume that they know it and you just blow, and that they're just blow your top, it. right? Yeah. Um, but I, I understand because I've I've done that before. Um, so it's not it's not like I'm riding in this on this white horse to say, hey, be hey. an adult with all the other adults. Just be cool. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> it's it's really easy not to be cool. Um, but it, it's still you do hope that people are awoke and, or, or, and, or they will arrive in a situation and be sensitive enough to, to, you know, see good behavior about around them and mimic it. Sure. But if they only see bad behavior around them, well, that's the, then that's what's going to inform them. And, um, and I don't want to say necessarily that like, Hey, it's, you know, the, the, the idea right now of pulling sort of, uh, any kind of, you know, funding for conservation of public lands or education about public lands and preservation of those spaces and maybe even increasing the surface area of those spaces. Um, it seems like that's the opposite direction. <laughs> like, like not funding that and not educating people is, is not what needs to, what, what should happen because at some point, like, okay, if these Extraordinary spaces are, are sort of left to, um, you know, to have done to them whatever people are going to do. Then ultimately they'll be trashed, and it'll totally make sense to let the let the you know oil and gas companies go in there because I got ruined already. Well, you know, isn't this? I mean, it is me being cynical. It's part of the same. It's always part of the same conversation. Whether you're talking about how you take care of yourself is how you take care of your environment. Like you mentioned your home. And I think that's, if you go to somebody's house um, and it, it, and there's like, there's disorganized cause that's different than being messy or being filthy or being like unhygienic. Mm -hmm. And you see the same, you know, the same kind of person that would live in squalor would also fall on the floor in a sweat angel after giving a 30 second effort like that. They're, they're symptoms of the same inability to take care of yourself and the the environment that shapes yourself. And so um, I, I don't really have very much um, empathy for, for people that don't know how to take care of themselves, um, whether that's no fault of their own or whatever. It's just a level of awareness that hasn't like come about through whatever complexity creates their consciousness. And that bothers me um, because they, t they take up more space than they should. And I don't like, I don't think maybe it's education, but I think it's, I think it's more example. And if we have, you know, people that we hold in high esteem who don't 
pay any lip service to what the earth is actually worth as a planet and, and that what conservation does for everybody, what clean air is a benefit to or clean water is a gift from like you're not going to see any appreciation instead. And we harp on this all the time. You see an appreciation um, evolve from what those you look up to appreciate, right? So the G5 airplanes and fucking Mercedes and whatever it costs to get those objects is worth it because that's your reflection of your appreciation. And then there's a different sort of person that like, I don't, the sun comes out and they smile and that's an appreciation that most people don't have anymore because it's not glitzy enough. It's not comfortable enough. It doesn't have like pleated suede seats or it whatever. It always comes up so early. What? <laughs> it has this fucking sun. I, it's, it's like, I, in, in, and I think that is probably just in um, comparison to what we have or don't have. So I, that's probably the huge benefit from very long efforts is they strip everything away, especially not even this, but like where you have to carry your, your own stuff, yeah. right? Uh, you carry your own burden. Like the, the burden of you going far is the fact that you have to like supply yourself to take care of yourself. And there's a fine balance between taking enough to really live in luxury but then you're not going very far and not taking it enough to actually survive the journey. There's, there's, there's this perfect Which means point. you'll be really, really far away when you stop <laughs> moving and it'll take a while for them to find you. So there, there's this story, uh, and I can't remember, it, it must've been the late, uh, maybe mid 1800s. Okay. Uh, explorers in Australia still had not gone into um, the inland. Okay. Uh, they hadn't explored any of the outback. They, I mean, they'd been around the coast, they'd circumnavigated. They knew that there were tribal and aboriginal peoples living there, but they also thought of them as savages and didn't want any of their help. So they created this, like, explorer task force that was, like, 30 fucking wagons. They brought, like, grand pianos and shit. 90% of it broke down before they even left the edge of town. And I think they left. It, it wasn't Sydney. It was like some town down south or something. Okay. So they're going into the interior. And they basically have all the modern amenities and all of the things with them to make this journey, which is fucking ridiculous. Com comfortable, quote unquote. And along the way, they're like shooting at Aborigines. They're not like they, they, they don't want anything to do with them. They think, you know, until they start running low on food. And then suddenly, you know, these people are like, here, have some fish. And they're like, oh, yeah, you guys survive off of fish. And then and I forgot what the plant was called, but they basically have this either root vegetable or grain. That's like a, I don't know. I would imagine it like a porridge of some sort that when they ran out all their supplies, half of their party had died these Aborigines are giving them this, you know, mix that, I mean, is allowing everybody to survive inland, which they couldn't do. And um, they get it and they're like, oh, this is how you guys do it. They kill everybody because they think they have the secret to surviving. But what they don't realize is that there's an 80,000 year evolution of how to prepare this special grain because it's fucking toxic so they get the plant and they all die within like two 
weeks and it comes out. They didn't know this until actually a couple years ago about what caused it, but how they process it. It's very similar to cassava flour or something where you have to soak it, boil it down, and then extract the toxic nature of it before it becomes actually edible. Okay. And so... I'm just marveling at this story and my mouth is kind of hanging I, open. Well, <laughs> I, and I, it can't, the only reason I think about it is because the you don't appreciate it until you actually know about it, until you like invest in what people before us have actually taken the time to figure out. We just take it yes. for granted. Everything is for granted. Oh, we have these parks. Cool. I can go there and like write my name in a tree. And you're like, the only reason that tree exists is because somebody who didn't have to took care of it and, like, didn't do that. Yeah. And you want to come in and do the exact and, and sh- thing And that set an it. example and shared, yeah. you know, their feeling or the way that they – their own behavior with mm-hmm. those people. I mean, with, with other people that came after them. And, and, and there are fewer and, you know, sort of further between now those – sort of examples mm-hmm. and the interchangeability of national park with amusement park mm-hmm. in the minds of some people <laughs> is really shocking. Yeah. Um, it, which, which basically kind of, I mean, that's what tells me that the, the like that the, the educational sort of broadcast has broken down or gone mm-hmm. offline is that that's not what these places are. You know, you can't turn old faithful. I mean, maybe they do now, who knows, but like there's certain things. When do you let the bears out? You know, when do you feed them so we can get a selfie with the bear? Or, you know, why is this Buffalo trying to flip over my Toyota? Um, (laughs) Or like the, um, it's a very kind of strange thing. Mm. I mean, being in in October, being uh, out down South in the desert for a few days, um, and not seeing anybody any night that we camped anywhere. We would drive by a trailhead. It'd be packed. Yeah. And just be like, no, we're going to find some place yeah, where there are no, no, you know, where there's no people, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But then we drove through Zion to get back to St. George. Mm. And I was like, wow. It, like they're waiting in line mm-hmm. for the ride yeah. at Disneyland. It, I mean, yeah. it almost felt like it was so concentrated, which is you know, allowed us to be places mm-hmm. where there was no one. But by concentrating them in the amusement park area of the national park, you know, kind yeah. of thing. Um, but I, I, I was actually shocked at how many people in that I saw out either in national parks or national forest campgrounds or whatever this summer of, you know, of 2020, summer and fall of 2020. It was... It, the, 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 it feels like use went up by at least 50%. Oh, it, yeah, I w- if not 100. Yeah. Like, it, it seemed double to me from wherever we went, like Powell, yeah. Moab. And those are kind of the only places we've we've really traveled to. Um, uh, Bear, uh, Bear Lake was like, you couldn't get a camp spot. It's, che- it's scheduled for two years out. And you're like, I, like, I get it. Um, we don't like camp spots anyway. Yeah. But there's also nothing else there. Like there's no BLM land that you could just go pop a tent and figure it out yourself. Right. The, the problem with I, I wish I would be totally fine because I'm not I'm not against people experiencing nature. I think like that's obviously I think it's changed me and I would think that would change other people. But however we have it, I think you're right in the fact that it's like it's roped off into the form of an amusement park and like an amusement park that an amusement park doesn't change you. 
right? You go, wee, and then you forget about it. And <laughs> nature should change you. Like the fear of it, the beauty of it, the like yeah. terrifying smallness that you feel when you're standing under a mount- mountain is like that. Or when you come across your first moose. Yeah. You're just like, oh, shit, that <laughs> thing does not give a fuck about laws. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> and, and I like I and its name is not Bullwinkle. No. And I kind of like man I really uh, whenever this sounds bad because I know um you know I I it could happen to me um but whenever there's like a run in with mother nature I feel like a victory is happening for the earth. Like oh yeah. You know like there's a human being that runs into a mountain line and you're like fuck i like if everybody's safe that's fine but if the person gets killed because they were ignorant of their situation and their environment that's also fine because it puts us back in our place where we need to be without concrete walls and air conditioning i mean when you go out and and obviously it can happen in the city mm-hmm. as well but um have your place that you know where you believe you are on the food chain um, moved around a little bit in nature it's a you know it's a pretty powerful uh feeling <laughs> i come across like the fresh kill and you're mm-hmm. like oh there's big cats or big dogs nearby <laughs> i hope they're not still hungry <laughs> like it was when we were whatever in cody a couple of weeks ago and i had some you know time travel memory type stuff of previous trips and once walking to the bottom of mean green or high on boulder or something going through the forest coming coming to this clearing where there's a you know picked clean carcass freshly picked clean bones cracked marrow sucked out you know all of the blood soaked snow has been eaten because it had blood soaked into it doggy footprints everywhere obviously not just one so, and the smell of the like musky smell of animals that live in a den, you know, <laughs> like that, that um, was still powerful hanging in the air. And we're just like, holy fuck. Cause that's like, maybe it's five wolves, maybe it's seven. I don't know. But that thing was a deer <laughs> of some kind. Now, no, you know, still is it's just in them um i'm like holy fuck i mean they'd see me as a fucking sandwich yeah and as scott said i might get one or two on the way out but but that would be it for sure if you're if you're lucky you got one or two yeah (sighs) so i I, think what i hear you saying is that instead of mandatory military service you need like everyone needs to participate in a hundred mile self-supported run through the forest to figure out and learn some things that'd be you know write a passage style yeah yeah Yeah. hey if you here start on this side of the forest if you make it to the other side we'll give you a job (laughs) (laughs) you can go work at the factory and watch netflix after this yeah exactly (laughs) Uh, yeah there's there's I, i sadly there's a lot of worthless living beings on the planet and very few of them are actual animals mosquitoes all count as like a living being that i could do without but most of them are human like and that's so fucked up 
because we're we're probably the only species that has the capacity for compassion, right? Like the wolf comes along, it'll eat your guts before you're dead because it does not give a fuck about what you're feeling. Yeah. Humans, even though they can do ultimately fucking terrible things, are generally what we would call humane. Uh, it's like a quality of being human that takes into consideration something else's feelings and emotional states. And I think we forget that because we don't feel anything anymore. Like there's, we're, we are, um, we sense things through watching TV and those things are affected only in order to purchase or buy or sell or do the commerce thing. But there's really no, there's no, hey, before you become a citizen of this nation and really appreciate this thing, you should feel what it is to um, work really hard, suffer, um, sacrifice, you know, uh, to, to offer something of yourself for the benefit the, of others. Yeah, um, That doesn't exist unless you create it yourself. In which case, I, I think that's, you know, if, if you look at any, this is a really weird thing, but you look at any climber, um, competitive or just hobbyist that's very into it or any ultra marathoner, the majority, it's a general statement, blanket statement, the majority of them are are humbled and probably more willing, I would say, to take care of nature, to appreciate things. And that's just because of what they've seen and what they've felt. And then you get to, you know, the other sports that are short in effort and they still care about gold necklaces and shit. And you're like, there, there's something, <laughs> there's just something that happens in nature with time and effort that is different than just talking about sport. I don't know what it is, but there is something there. But you, you mentioned earlier in the podcast how, um, or the, this mm -hmm. chat, how, you know, you're almost a reflection of your environment. Mm -hmm. I, I don't uh, think that that's any diff any different, true. unfortunately, um, because you know what certain environments value might is, not is, be the, the is best what thing you, to value. Is what you pull out of extract from other environments? Yeah, yeah. maybe. Um, I, yeah, I I think it's it's the. Um, it's it's not only the environment, but what is is done there. Mm, sure. Like when you, you said, yeah, mm -hmm. time plus effort in that environment then sensitizes you. I mean, in long enough duration, it's it's. Uh, I mean, you know, we've we've had both experiences in our lives of long duration thing as well as the short high intensity type of things, and they d for sure produce a different sensation, a different level of sensitivity to what's happening around you the sense of you know camaraderie or fellowship 18 hours into the 24-hour thing is very different than 30 minutes into the 60-minute thing let me and, put it yeah this way because this is this is kind of fucked up but i'm gonna i'm gonna go there anyway just <laughs> so <laughs> you you wanna let's like let's say that the world is fucked up and I want to change it. Whether there's racial inequality or sexism or or a patriarch, whatever the thing is, the what I would call um, the equivalent to um, modern fitness, which is abs and look at me and that kind of bravado. That is essentially the let's 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 pick it and throw you know things at 
buildings and burn stuff down and have a temper tantrum. It's fast. It's not thought out. It's not. Yeah. It's not considerate of its environment. But we do want to change the world. We we agree that it is not the way that it should be or the best way that it could be. And I was thinking last night about it. Just kind of like dawned on me. I'm not a fan of Gandhi, admittedly. Until I thought about what he realized with what he was doing, which was the same position that we're in. He did not like the state of his world, right? Whether it was British occupation or, you know, peace on earth, whatever you want to say his cause was. He didn't appreciate where he was at. When he realized what he could do to change it, it's kind of phenomenal. To starve yourself basically puts your life in in the bureaucracy's hands to say that if you don't leave us and not occupy us anymore you're gonna kill me because i'm not gonna eat anything you you're changing the world through your suffer you're like your own position what you're able to do on your own is a power over other people right there's a lot of risk there but that risk becomes worth it because of how many people noticed your effort and how what it takes to actually suffer. I was like, it's why self-immolation didn't work. It doesn't last long enough. People can go, oh my God, he lit himself on fire. And then it's over. But if you watch somebody starve to death, it's long and slow. And it gets you to recognize how important each person's decision is in, in creating the environment that you know you oppose. But I think what... Let's just say what's happening mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. politics, canceling, mm-hmm. the righteous behavior, etc. We're going about it in the wrong way. Yes. We're not changing the environment to, in, a, in a way that will then shape the people who are within that environment. Mm-hmm. We're trying to change the people. Right. Right, like it's it's regulation, it's enforcement, it's shaming, it's shouting louder, all of these things to you know sort of steer the existence or steer steer the the, the behavior of people in order to like separate from the environment, not realizing it's like hey that is the environment and not that's not just you know fire water air mm-hmm. that's also the political climate the economic climate it's all of these things make up the environment it's look we're trying to change the behavior but the behavior will never change without the environment itself changing and you can say oh we elect certain officials to change the political climate or whatever but that doesn't um that that is only one sort of aspect of it i don't have a solution here but i do recognize that like look l- you know the the legislation the enforce the enforcement the regulation the shaming is ju- it's too short mm-hmm. as you said it this needs to be long term and the only i think the the long term change is the small changes that are incremental that influence you know Okay, you take a little bit less, you know, fewer calories on board every day, or you start restricting mm-hmm. oxygen, not enough that people freak the fuck out, or you start, you know, increasing the temperature of the water. You know, all of those things saying, slowly, shut slowly, off the water. or shut off the water. You know, it's just like this is how, like, those are the lasting changes. And I mean, if we just do the fitness fucking equivalent, which we try to, you know, make correlations all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, if you have to keep someone in good condition for six months, i.e., yeah. you know, that 
one job that we did. Well, then it's going to take it five or six months to get there mm-hmm. for it to be stable. If they only need to be like change their behavior or their, their look for one or two days, you can get there really quick and it's un, it doesn't yeah. matter. And I feel like it's not going to stick around because, yeah, it doesn't need to stick around. But what we need is like these sort of slower changes that result in, you know, longer term stability. And I think that only comes from shaping the environment and not from the people in it or not from just affecting the people in it separate from it, separately from it. Yeah, I think that I mean, that all because I think it explains um I mean, I, it matches what bad incentives do to people. And I think we're, we're basically the byproduct of multiple poor incentives, which are to enrich yourself, to, you know, uh, to make life as easy as possible, as suffer free as possible. Um, and uh, maybe just those three concepts in itself, if you just let that go and let it kind of blossom on its own with people throwing their own fuel on it it's become it is instagram it is what social media represents which is uh it, this got brought up uh i finally watched that show the social dilemma uh, yeah um and what one of the points so we uh, what they're saying basically in it is that artificial intelligence is running these algorithms that are basically hyper aware of how we behave they're more aware of how we behave than, than we, we are. <laughs> and that is singularity. Like that, the it, when people ask, like, when are the machines going to take over? They already have. It's already happened because how we interact on our phone, they can predict and get us to interact on our machine more so that they can create these scenarios in which they're, control, they're now modifying our behavior, even if we're aware of it. You can't control yeah. it because it is so ingrained in our subconscious that it, it that it's really, it's fucking shocking, actually, that it's like, it, it kind of makes you laugh and also be a little bit terrified about what's going to happen. But uh, essentially, what this thing um, posits is that um, that it doesn't have to, the AI doesn't have to beat out the best of human nature. Right, it'll never win. The best of human nature is the most intelligent force that we know of in the universe, but it's really easy to take advantage of the worst of human nature, which it already has done, which amplifies all of our fears and our irrational ability and our um, and our selfishness, and, and that's essentially what the internet has become: is the representation of the worst of humanity. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's it's. It's like greed, it's arrogance, it's all these it's all these things that we've known about for all time and it's just been accelerated into this ball that we all have access to that is informing what we think about the world, which is not a true reflection of the world. It's a reflection of the worst part of the world, which is the news cycle, which is like, yeah, it doesn't happen that often, but we know about every bad thing that has happened and so we think that all the things that are happening are bad. It's a bad formula because we're not hearing about good things that are happening. We're only hearing about the consequences of poor decisions. Therefore, we're our only representation of how people live is through poor decisions. Well, what's that <laughs> social media um, app called where it's nothing but flowers and unicorns and good stuff? <laughs> I don't know, but we should make one. It's only positivity, man. I'm just yeah. <laughs> That wouldn't do any good either, right? 
Probably not, because then no one would buy anything. Because <laughs> they'd just be happy. They'd be fulfilled all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, that was a weird. Uh, it's a. It's. It is. It is a social dilemma in a way mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, there's a there's a part of me that wants to like I guess see that stuff. I mean, I'm not I, I it, it would be hard for me to say I consciously go looking for, you know, conflict media or 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 something. No, like, but this is but and this is how an algorithm works is um, it respond. So the algorithm is built into the most obvious one that we sure. use. So it was like Instagram, which is like, if you, you know, uh, it tracks essentially how much time it takes you to flip and all of the, all of the attributes that are involved on the things that you pause fractions of a second longer on, yeah. it starts to amplify. So you start to look, Oh, you like pictures? Here's more of these images that are related to like these categories that you like. And then before long, it's all of the things. And if it, if it, if it, if that stops enticing you, it switches on the next addictive trait, which might be videos of like, I, I mean that video I sent you last night of the cliff diver. Yeah. I probably watched that a hundred times. I, it was just like over and over again. I couldn't like fathom how he controlled his body off of a 75 foot cliff. Like he does this, you know, barreling front dive off of this cliff in the Bahamas. Like and it's runs like, off a, a cl- like it appear to be on a balcony at a restaurant or yeah. something <laughs> overlooking this cliff. And he just like well, runs off, but somebody else is jumped, jumped off next to him. Yeah. <laughs> who's filming as he's props to the camera guy who's taken the same thing like probably a little bit more dangerous because he's trying to handle a fucking camera while filming this guy yeah jump off this cliff that so i and then I'm and the guy it's like swan dive perfect 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 probably three second pause then a perfect pike, pike. Yeah. into um you know uh, feet first entry into the water it's like it was like seamless and whoa. then you go to this guy's site oh i didn't get there oh I, yeah and he that's all he does he just jumps off of shit <laughs> He's a professional cliff diver. Okay. And then you go down to the world. I didn't even know this was a fucking thing. Like I knew diving was a thing in the Olympics, but I didn't realize that, oh yeah, of course there's an extreme version of it where they jump off of waterfalls and like towers and fucking boats and all sorts of shit doing all sorts of tricks. And it has its own culture. And so I like, you know, went down that road. And then suddenly this morning when I pull up my phone, it's all extreme sports. Yeah. It's like, because it recognized how fascinated I was preoccupied with like something that titillized and like made me feel a certain way, but they're all fake feelings. They're not, I didn't do that. I didn't jump off that cliff, but it made me feel like I did. And that is the difference because now I think I know what it's like to jump off of a 75 foot cliff, but I actually have no fucking clue what it's like. I'm just interested in it and I've seen enough images in it that my brain starts to do this thing. So take that subject. That's like a benign subject. That's not going to harm anybody but myself unless I think, oh yeah, I can jump 75 feet with a front pike. Then I'll harm myself, but I'll just keep believing that I can do it. But transpose that to (laughs) politics 
Yeah. And it's the same fucking thing where it, it, it brings up, you know, videos that have these alarm. You get fascinated with riot porn. Yeah, exactly. Then that's all that is for delivered a, to you. And for, for a while, it, well, I was down that road. Like, what is going Oh, this is real. And I felt like it was, re- I was being responsible. I'm keeping up with the news. I, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm a part, I'm, I'm you know, making informed decisions about what's happening in our world. And really, it's whatever emotional quality that the person that created the film and the political association they also ascribe to are telling me what to think about the world, which is not accurate. And I think, I, I think that's a problem. Let me, um, what was it like? Richmond this summer it was I mean it was tough I mean like you have a business yep that that is open to the public Mm -hmm. right retail store correct one of them yep and well like (laughs) we were originally going to open in at the end of March I wanted to open that day in particular because um so I didn't have to celebrate my birthday ever again. Um, <laughs> but obvious for obvious reasons, when stuff started to get shut down, you can't you can't open. So yeah. then we ended up opening in the middle of May, and we encountered a, a whole different set of um, like inputs. Had, yeah. Of so, okay, so th- well, you know, if I want this business to work, well. I need to advertise. I need to do all this stuff. Well, <laughs> is now the best time to do any sort of advertisement? No. Because of the environment that we're in, which deserves, admittedly deserves a lot of attention and a lot of yeah. uh, emotion, a lot of empathy, a lot of just everything. Because it um, because it did. Um, our Our business in particular was not located in a place that um, was on the riot and protest and looting route, if route. you will. Okay, yeah. Um, now, what was difficult is, of course, I wanted it to be out there as well. Yeah. But knowing that it only takes one person in your small vicinity... I mean, because it, you know, we li- I lived on a, on on a place where it, it would pass by um, and go down. Um, I mean, it would go on for minutes. So you have, you know, tens of minutes sometimes. But if you're located somewhere within those, you know, you could be on one spot where everything's fine. Everybody's not in a place in a in a, a destructive mindset. Yeah, I and mean, it would have been fine. Whereas other people are burning down, you know, local mom and pop places or, you know, breaking stuff. And it's like, well, I don't want to be caught up in that because your cause loses credibility. I, I, I feel that way. So it it, (laughs) also was, it was difficult. Um, I, I did not participate, um, outwardly in in those things but you know something that you the most difficult part for me is is i have um 
when I entered Virginia Tech is when it was where I went to college to uh -huh. play soccer. In my recruiting class, I I pretty much had two brothers come into our family that were foreign foreign players yeah. who couldn't go home, uh, you know, for a you know, Thanksgiving holiday. They mm -hmm. didn't even have Thanksgiving, so yeah. um, it was just another meal for them. But you know, they couldn't travel back to to you know the continent of Africa or go back to Europe. Well, one of my brothers that I consider my brother is is from Ghana. Mm. Well, I don't look like I'm from Ghana. You know, you know, you know what I mean. So yeah. nobody knows what my background is like. Exactly. To know what that. relationships you might right. have in your life, or yeah. you know, the experiences that he has told me about of being, you know, a you know African, not only just in America but an African, and the things that that he encountered. Nobody knows that I know. Maybe I don't know what it feels like, but I don't. I know of the things that happened to him, and he played in the MLS for ten years, Major League Soccer. So, yeah. But you know, you hear about guys in Milwaukee for the Bucks who, you know, get you know messed up or you know profiled, and they're playing for the NBA team, and they're you know outside of the Brewers. Who else are they rooting for? Green Bay. So like yeah. Green Bay Packers. So. They should be known mm -hmm, of right. who they are. I mean, you don't have that hot that height of people that are walking into jewelry stores. I think it's documented that you know one or two of the players got you know profiled and and treated unfairly and poorly, and you just realize that it happens way more often than than, than you, you were aware of. Yeah. And and so for me, it was tough because I wanted to be out there, but not everybody is there for the same reason that that i would be there mm -hmm. yeah you know they're seizing an opportunity to get away with doing some shady shit that is just instead they should just go to one of those like destroy rooms where they can just destroy computers <laughs> and stuff like yeah they're don't, just angry yeah right. don't go don't go mess up someone who has been working very hard to sustain a business yeah for sometimes generations dependent upon on the business because you felt like breaking something and you felt super tough. So for Richmond, um, just like any protest, you'll have some bad apples and, and characters, sure. but to see some of the images that, that my friends who did participate and, and felt comfortable participating, um, that came from it was pretty, um, pretty eye-opening um yeah you know no no um no statue was kind of safe really except for the arthur ash which is um understandable um yeah. <laughs> but they were kind of taking down anything they could get their hands on which you know i i don't care i mean I'm, you know if 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 that helps this situation which is what i want to do yeah somehow rip it down I mean that's fine with me. I, I don't I don't know them. I don't associate with 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 them. Um, and this just to bring this to a ridiculous um, correlation, um, the the sharpening that you're talking about, the, the the breaking down of the conditioning of like these cities that's basically happening. That is intensity, and 
the application of intensity is only helpful if it's built on a foundation of something else. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the problem. Sure. It's like, it, there's not, I don't know one person other than the most ignorant, you know, that I probably wouldn't have anything to do with that wouldn't actually feel empathy for the cause of um, equal human rights across the board, no matter what you're talking about, whether it's race, gender, or whatever. There's there there's very few people that just don't agree with that. Some don't understand because they don't feel, they don't know what you've known personally about some people who have been affected by it. And I think that's like, where the argument sits is their exposure. Their their lived experience is different than somebody else's, and that's what they map the world as, and that's the argument. They believe that their reality is the real reality. And there's multiple different realities. There's every every single person's perception of what's going on. Um, and I think that's the hard part because no matter what you feel about the unfairness, and I think we're on... <laughs> when this whole thing was breaking down, it was very exciting. Like, oh, some people are going to do some shit. Like, some changes are going to happen. How could you not want that? And then very quickly, you see natural human behavior ruin something that you actually agree with. Like, I agree that we have an authority problem in this country and that that there's all sorts of loopholes and rules for people to remain in power and to get more power exceedingly so. And for that to be questioned, I'm a hundred percent on board. That questioning stops when innocent people are affected negatively by human behavior. That's just outlandish and tantrum like. And so I think, I think the same thing is true. It's like so many people are on the same side about a same problem. They feel like there's too much authority going on. They don't want to be told how to live their life exactly. And they don't want to be enforced that way either. They don't want undue punishment from police. They don't want undue punishment from federal authorities trying to take their income through taxation or from undue authority trying to take what inevitably is an you know, a right to bear arms. They're all the same problem. They're all authority. They're all the overreach from the state. Um, the people having a problem with, you know, how how the government handled coronavirus. It's an authority problem telling you um, to do something specifically uh, or mandating something specifically that is unproven just in the gesture of safety theater. I think like the it doesn't matter what it is propaganda is a problem like we're being sold a story as opposed to being sold you know health or actual um survivability through you know knowledgeable experts that are trying their best to get humans not to die um and i think that is that's the feature that i see that can't be reconciled um because nobody's willing to like realize that their reality is basically an illusion, right? My reality is just what I look at. I, I don't think that the world is shit because the world that I've created for myself isn't shit. I come from this office and this building where people come in. We have fascinating discussions about everything 
every every form of life from business to philosophy to cooking to whatever psychedelics it doesn't matter it's an interesting thing and then i go home to excellent food and people that care about me and if i you know can travel i go into the desert and see the best of environment um that nature has to offer and so i'm like super privileged to be able to do that but i also shaped it that way um and so my world is pretty fucking perfect comparatively um but i do realize that that's only because i've shut out the things that made it negative like literally kicked the people out that may even if those people are close to me family members that don't do me any good i don't i don't associate with them because they don't improve my life um however selfish that is it doesn't matter because you know i can't sit and watch cnn all day and be like freaked out about how the world is falling apart or fought whatever fucking political spectrum we go through um so I feel it, it sucks that you want to be a part of something, but also feel like you can't be a part of it because humans will fucking ruin it. <laughs> I've had some trouble. There was a point, you know, where I'd, I was participating by watching, you know, by trying to stay informed and mm-hmm. you know, I'd read one side outlet and then the other side's outlet and then it's maybe someone in the middle and then maybe, it's, you know, whatever. And then... Just realize, like, I'm not making anything any longer. Mm-hmm. I'm just observing and supposedly feeling, um, and and then all of this stuff is starting to influence my behavior and my interests in a way that ultimate that is an ultimate dead end. Mm. And so now, man, it's it's like. Do I, like, there's a conscious decision process that, that w- wasn't present before where the decision was automatic. It was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going BBC, CNN, The Hill, Inside Politics, National Review, Lawfare, Empty Wheel, uh, Real Politics, Real Clear Politics, The Conversation. Like, I just go across the tabs mm-hmm. on the computer, and I was like, and then... Then three hours are gone and I feel fucking miserable and I just want to, you know, um, change the political process by whatever, you know, means I was feeling that day. You know, Thursday it's, it's you know, armed revolt and then Friday it's arson, you know, or, or you know, maybe it's like anthrax envelopes. I don't fucking <laughs> like, I, like, but it just, um, now, man, it's a, it's, it's a heavy mouse click if I go read the news. Like mm-hmm. I, and, and life is ultimately better because of it partially because whatever i click on now i could have clicked on in may and it was the exact same fucking thing Mm -hmm. as in nothing has changed okay numbers coronavirus are up or this is down or now there's a different figurehead and now these two figureheads that weren't arguing before are arguing but they won't they'll be in agreement again at some point because someone will slip one some than in his pocket or her pocket or I don't know those dresses or pantsuits don't have pockets fuck I don't know but like the um, if I had accepted like and just gone through that whole process then six months like this didn't fucking endurance manual still wouldn't be coming out because I'd you would be all be reading the news and be bummed out and like suffocating the entire time mm. you know but it's just us putting on 
it's not blinders necessarily. It's very specifically curating what is coming in. Mm -hmm. And we can curate the thing that helps us, you know, want not to live any longer and to maybe share that feeling with others. Or we can expose ourselves to inputs that actually make us want to live and become better, do better. Maybe that, maybe by way of isolation, um, but to create, to observe, to communicate, as opposed to um, whatever was happening for those months of being, you know, aware of. So I have a question. Yeah. How, and you could, this is a, this would be good for you because you're on a totally different side of the country. I think similar, we're, we're in a similar like thought process about kind of everything. <laughs> How many people do you personally know that first want to improve their surroundings? And that includes everything, the people, the environment, that they want to positively influence what they inject themselves into, who are conscious of, man, I'm acting like this, and this is affecting people like X, and I want to do it in the best way possible, so I'm going to change my behavior in order to change their behavior. It's like, so there's a first who wants to do that, and then who's actually doing it. Like, between those two, I know very few people. And the people that I do know, oh, yeah. those are all my friends. Well, like, it's hard to do that. It's extremely hard. And it doesn't happen always. It's not consistent, right? Like you might meet somebody and they, they're positive, they're up, they're, they're really to change and they want to do everything. And then they start to fade and, and fall. And you got to like, is this a moment where I like noticing that this person has a positive reaction in my life and now they're starting to slip? How far do I go down that hole with them to, in order to bring that up? Because at some point you have to let go and just go out. Ah, they're out like they they now are bringing the entire thing down, uh, you know, not so solely, but having them around is a negative aspect. They're now taking more than they actually give. And that, that we come back to that theme um, because I think it's a uh, it really signals who we let in and who we let stay. Um, and that, but I was that guy, guy. I, we've all but, been the guy, you know, at, at some point in sure. this year where I, like I would come in here and I'm just like, I'm not, they're working really fucking hard. I'm not doing it. I'm just, I can tell you everything about the news, <laughs> but I got nothing for y'all. Like I feel like a oh, man, I'm a, I'm a dead weight here in a way, but it's again, it's seasons. And that mm -hmm. was largely influenced by other stuff happening in life yeah let's say other people that i interacted with and then it sort of came back around for the same reason L like changing the environment or 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 changing the nature of a relationship that you have with an individual or with individuals mm -hmm. um can sort of reach you know reshape one's own perception in a way where to allow positive contributions to happen in a way that is not hard. And I think like when you look at it and you go, man, that's super, really hard. Okay. Well, the circumstances aren't as I, you know, as ideal as they could be in that mm -hmm. situation. Like, yeah, it's super hard. Look, I gotta 
you know, produce something. I have to create something. I have to make something. I have to have this positive influence. Um, if my environmental circumstances are, you know, what, th- th- which includes all things in mm-hmm. life, you know, aren't, are, are making that contribution, that creation difficult, then something um, in that environment can be changed in order to make that creation less difficult. And sometimes that is the removal of some people. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it's you know, a change in attitude. Sometimes it's, you know, maybe it is going out for the 24-hour effort or the long yeah. thing that just, you know, or consistently, you know, if you travel or you go compete mm-hmm. or whatever, then that informs and that changes the nature of um, the difficulty surrounding, you know, making, doing, or changing. So... I have not always been the way that I am now, which I'm very happy about. When I was younger, I mean, callous does not even describe (laughs) how I spoke to even my mother sometimes. Um, And it didn't, I'd like to think that I've made drastic improvements to, to that but a lot of that, and I, I don't know if you remember, I, I sent you a message t- telling you about a episode that I listened to that I had some notes on that I still just have the voice notes of. Um, but if it were not for you two from the other project, I I don't think that I would have realized or started to make the change changes that I have made as a person and evolved as I mean if you want to call it rapidly if you look at it you know from an evolutionary standpoint but a rapid change from realizing certain things that that you guys have have preached about to say okay well I can focus all the way down to the second if I need to and how important that could be and and to to see the correlation and the the transferability of okay well if i'm already doing it with working out well how much harder is it to do with how i treat my mother <laughs> if anything uh that should be way more important than working out my two sisters my 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 father and it kind of started to click where it's like okay you know you need to take responsibility and own up to your actions and the things that you do and say to the most important people in your life. If you, if you're treating strangers, which I was, you know, other people better than I was my own family, well, you need to reprioritize because they don't care about you like your family or the family that I have does. Um, so to answer, you know, kind of your question, I now it's just a way of life Mm -hmm. and it's a lot of well I want my family to to be in the best position that they are and can be so if if I just live to pursue and to be as good as I can in anything that I do it's going to rub off has to because they see me doing things certain ways and they are 
observant and sensitive enough to know, hey, well, why do you do it that way? Well, I mean, I don't say because, you know, Mark and Michael told me to. Um, <laughs> cause, cause, terrible uh, reason. <laughs> yeah, that might uh, undermine the, the whole idea. But, I, <laughs> you know, well, yeah. it's, it's just a it, – it, it truly is just a, a okay – how deliberate are you with everything that you do? And if you are deliberate, which, you know, you can't just start by saying, oh, I'm going to be deliberate with everything. Mm. Well, that's a little <laughs> bit too hard. Um, so, you know, you kind of have to, you know, make small, steady I mean, changes maybe, over time. And maybe it started with yeah. working out. It, and it then certainly did. And then grew from well, that. That's, that's how I found, you know, kind of you, you guys. I mean, I, mm. truth be told... I was weeks away from in 2009 uh, or no 2010 of moving to Salt Lake City and just showing up at the door. Thank God and, you didn't because that was like this. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. I, and in retrospect, I know, but, but I was but, just because yeah. it was like I had believed in my head, okay, go there. I mean, I had an apartment that I was going to be, you know, going to view. And it was like, well, I don't really have a job. Um, I just graduated. It's kind of one of the worst, you know, employment positions to be in ever because of the crisis that was going on, the housing crisis. Oh, yeah. So I had so many things stacked against me. um, And I was just going to come here. I I was still pursuing soccer. So it was like, okay, well, I'll work out there and then try and find get something maybe you know i knew enough people that i might have been able to get with um the team here um but you know it 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 started a little bit before that but i I was just constantly thinking okay how can i why am i i questioned everything that i was doing for some reason uh as why am i doing it that way and i don't again i don't know what triggered that but it really just i mean it was a a fork in the road that it was huge when you know when i started to really be deliberate with everything that i was i was doing and eating and saying and and watching and reading and all that sort of stuff so it's but again it's it's hard it's not easy to to do that and and you have to be ready for it i mean i think of you know my dad when i was younger again he you know he wrestled in in high school and college and played lacrosse in college and was pretty good and more than pretty good but you know, he he would say, "Hey, it's time to lift." Like you're at the age where you should be lifting, but, bro, I don't want to lift. Like, what do I need to do that for? Just because I didn't know mm-hmm. that I needed to, I yeah. didn't know. And then by the time I was ready, it's like, oh, uh, well, shit, that's a, you know, three year, you know, that we could have that been I doing. could have been doing something. Yeah. But again, you know, you, you're not ready till you're actually ready. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, and <laughs> well, even well, then, yeah. sometimes you're not ready. Yep. Um. And and that can be good and bad to not be ready for something, depending upon how you frame it and how you, you know, analyze it after the fact. Um, I, I mean, I, I think about that all the time about potentially all the things that I have found valuable later in life, whether that's like training or preparation for sport or what, even, you know, psychedelic use and um, all of that stuff, it might have been the biggest waste if I had found it earlier or understood its value sure. earlier. Yeah. 
Um, even though I think it's potentially a good thing at the wrong time, it's a very bad thing. Um, because you could take anything and turn it into an unhealthy, which I love to do <laughs> an unhealthy obsession. Um, and, and so timing is, is like, man, it would have been awesome if I, when I started Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in 2003, that I understood its importance because mm-hmm. fuck, it would be rad to, you know, be have fucking been doing it for 17 years, 17 now. fucking years yeah. and just crushing people. And then also realizing that that would have shaped me so differently mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have found the other things that I knew that I can now lay on top of that, which is, you know, functional movement and understanding how my body works, understanding how to eat and diet and do things appropriately. I would have never understand how to heal yourself when you get hurt doing jujitsu. Right. (laughs) That's a real thing. Like if I, when I look at the people who, you know, have been doing jujitsu for 17 years, they understand very little about the other stuff. Um, because they were mostly shaped by a culture that is hyper obsessed. No, ma- no matter what the cost is, it's to be good at this thing. And they don't realize, and I think maybe that was one of the revolutionary things um, that Mark first wrote about is like to be the very best at this hyper specific sport, actually you can do the stuff that helps balance it. It's, it's in, it's in relation to like, it's not just do this all the time and you'll be the best at it. It's, antagonize you know your time by doing this thing you're hyper obsessed with with the thing that complements it which is strength training which is you know understanding nutrition Uh, none of that has to do with the actual sport but it does i think and i think like i would have never learned that unless i went down that road with endurance sports i never would have went down endurance sports unless i read about you know all the other shit that was going on um so it's fascinating to me to find the road that you're down and then to understand that it was sequenced in the only way that was possible. Like there is no other way. Um, anything else would have changed me. And you're like, what kind of person would I be without the, it doesn't matter because I'm not that person. And then I think about it looking into the future, like what kind of person can you become? Cause I think that isn't acknowledged at all. Most people just accept that who they are is who they see in 10 years, right? I'm just going to be the same person, but like older and have like different facial hair or whatever. And um, if that's your thought process, then you really have no input. Like you were just be, then you really are just a direct result of your environment. And if that environment sucks and it's, you know, uh, hyper obsessed with, you know, materialism or all these other things that really are paths to nowhere, uh, the 10 year you is just going to be shaped by commerce and propaganda and like the normal shit that people are just heavily influenced by that don't pay attention. It really is that how much, and you can't pay attention to everything, right? Like some days I recognize that my attention to detail in a certain subject is not there. And I just accept it because the bandwidth is elsewhere. Yeah. And so I accept that Nutella and ice cream is my meal today because I spent all of my bandwidth on trying to conceptualize something that doesn't exist yet. Um, fuck, I guess I'm not going to have that, you know, well, fit bod. a couple of boxes of donuts in there still. I Those aren't my deal. Yeah. There's like 25 fucking donuts. I could give a shit less about those. Yeah, I... <laughs> 
<laughs> Life is about choices. Yeah. Uh, I mean, interesting th- yeah, yeah. thing there. Let me cut mm-hmm. in, uh, Kevin. Just, just what you were saying is like, you know, people, when you said, oh, yeah, it's the people maybe they don't observe or they're not aware of who they can become. Mm-hmm. Like they just see themselves as not changing at all. But what I was, you know, I was slightly less optimistic with that than <laughs> even your negative kind of point of view <laughs> of people just stagnating in a hole. Um <laughs> of uh, and you know sort of driven by commerce and acquisition and you know debt and that kind of thing um what i was seeing was like okay they, they there's a difference between what a person can become and what they want to become <laughs> and, and <laughs> or that's how right. to become or how i mean well how is you know that's step two i guess i think that's i think that's kind of step two but it's but if if the if 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 the want is unrealistic it's it's not consistent with the can then there's going to be some you know internal squabbling let's say and some dissatisfaction and then maybe you'll act out and um in in other ways but like the the realistic like um, and it was something that Brian Eno said, you know, or maybe and maybe quoting, but a goal apart from the means to achieve it is just a dream, mm. or it's a nothing. It's a it's just a fucking idea that that, that will never be anything. Like it'll never be actionable. There will never right. be any any work done to actually achieve it because the means is simply not there. And so the so when you say like yeah, certain people can become different. Um as long as that's consistent sort of with the means or that it's not different from what they want, then maybe there's a, there, there's a, this level of sort of peace inside that, you know, can lead to a positive influence on other people around them or creativity or something. Um, but the, if there's, a way to arrive at you know the realistic assessment of what change is possible for me like i'll you know and some of that's physiological you mm-hmm. know and related to like if we relate it to physical activity or sport of some kind you know there's um you know certain requirements to be successful and therefore potentially satisfied participating in certain activities like i'm not throwing a lot of hay bales around right (laughs) you know ever or dunking about you know like whatever those things that i might imagine wanting to do that are just simply not available and i would i you know saw this in climbing a lot where i'm just like well you're you know this the subset of the sport that you're interested in you are not physically or psychologically mm. meant for right you should you know you were good at gymnastics well then sport climbing is probably your thing but mm. you know climbing a new route on 8000 meter peak in alpine style yeah probably not your deal like just because the you know the whatever exposure you had growing up not just physiologically but psychologically won't prepare you for the duration required to do that thing but mm-hmm. short sharp hard high intensity mm-hmm. that's you do that and and I, but i think that's also life for a lot of us it's like what is available to me 
and why not focus on that rather than what is not <laughs> what yeah then, then then what's not available what's not attainable what what despite what the you know the the devices and the marketing and the this and the that are telling me about what you know I could do anything because I'm living the land of opportunity and should be you know whatever like okay so there's a lot of opportunity that's just not that it's not opportunity it's a, it's un, yeah. it's not an uh, you know an attainable sort of condition uh, regardless of how that you know condition is uh, described or defined so based on that what do, what do you think the difference is between acceptance of something that is let's call it the most feng shui flow of of your like, potential mm -hmm. and um i guess just becoming complacent with what is Can we just end the podcast there? <laughs> Open question. Like, I, 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 because I don't think complacency. I don't find it particularly satisfying. A lot do. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. A lot do. They they must if they you know. I mean, we're, we're your, making an assumption, but yeah, I think if on an individual level, you 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 asked them and you know about it, they, they would say otherwise. But that's something that they would have had to consider or think about on their own. And because they are, I say they, which I, yeah. I whoever else. We can else, say we. I'm good with we. <laughs> you know, unless you are, unless you have some form of self-reflection in some form or fashion or, or at, at any point, or you have someone who is willing to say, hey, how come you say you want to do this, but you're not doing anything like that? Hmm. You're not no, doing it, working towards it. Right. Because of, yeah. eventually, I, mean, I don't think that, um, you know, for certain situations and scenarios, I don't think that your friend group is any different than your echo chamber on Instagram or Twitter or, mm -hmm. you know, Facebook. You know what I mean? Because if, if you, and I use it very, very deliberately um, where, I don't follow you because I'm your friend. I follow more strangers than I do friends. Hmm. Like if I want to know how you're doing, call. I'm going to call you, text you to set up a phone call, yeah. send you pictures about what's going on in my life to find out about your life. I, I'm not going to follow you on Instagram just because you're my friend. I'm going to follow the things that I want to have an influence on me to help me get to the places I want to get to. Mm -hmm. You know, I follow, I didn't start climbing, albeit inside with, you know, and how, you know, contrived that is relative to just the universe. But I didn't start climbing until um, I lived in Birmingham, Alabama. Hmm. And I was 29, maybe. And and it took me a while to even start it. Uh, and, and so, you know, you're a pro unless you're aware or unless you have someone that's going to call you out on your, your bullshit, which mm -hmm. not many people do, well, then you're just going to, again, in 10 years, just be 10 years older. Just be the and, same. And probably 15, 20 pounds heavier because, you know, what you gain, I, I, maybe you guys, you know, said this, you, if you did nothing, you, you know, you gain about, you know, anywhere from four to six pounds of a year. Mm -hmm just by 
living your life where you, you know you go up and down and stuff but you know you're just going to be you know 15 20 30 pounds heavier than you were because you just have not done anything and haven't made any changes or evolved in in any form or fashion hmm. one thing i find kind of interesting about social media that or just the devices are like if you were if if social media in some way or the or the media was not as evolved as it is how would you have ever found out about climbing you know in a way like because the environment that you were in it's just yeah. like it wasn't something that existed it's not something that's available it's not around you all the time and one of the reasons um i mean i got exposed to it like to the mountains as a child like i was like it was in front of me mm -hmm. it was available to me um because of my upbringing then once i started doing it realizing like oh well this is putting me in a marginalized community that um that i don't feel is helpful to my growth in this path i need to go where this is accepted ended up in europe and then like the first trip there i'm just like holy shit this is an acceptable pastime because environmentally if you drive in europe you will be exposed to the mountains hmm. you have to drive through them you go over mountain passes you see them as views you see everybody knows somebody who you know d participates in some mountain activity whether that is you know from it's just it's trekking it's skiing it's ski touring it maybe it's paragliding maybe it's actual climbing maybe you know maybe it's whatever. just picnicking it could yeah. be just picnicking <laughs> but every but you're exposed to the mountain environment and therefore it is more acceptable and therefore and that's what allowed it to flourish whereas even if i had been exposed to it um younger and then stayed in the northwest it would have like and never got went outside that bubble the, the you know progress growth participation would have would have been limited in some way but let's just say now social media all things are available like mm -hmm. you're like oh a human being can do that holy shit i never knew cliff diving like cliff diving for example you know like that that's a <laughs> and this is what this guy does and i'm like what do you mean it's what he does is there are there like competitions with prizes like how does he yes <laughs> I, I mean yeah so exactly and then but but, but like the, it would never unless you were you know, in, exposed to that environment in an in actual physical way prior to social media or met somebody who had been exposed to that environment who said, hey, come watch this or come, you know, you had to be, have these opportunities presented in a, you know, in a physical way, not an imaginary way. And, and, and so now I feel like it's almost, okay, back then with the limited possibilities, then people went further down those fewer roads than they do now where look i have infinite opportunity i'm exposed like everything is available to me not just to watch but i could okay where do they do the thing who hmm. does the thing do how you know do i have the physical attributes because it's a physical thing that i'm interested in you know da, 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 like all of, so all of these things seems like man people get about knee deep majority wise and maybe that's all that it ever was and my perception of it is sort of blinkered in a way but it does feel like with so much opportunity that everything is necessarily more shallow than when opportunities were fewer mm. and the and the lessons of growth and experience or what like depended on the depth that you went in it Yeah, I, I agree. Well, I think 
from reflecting on that uh, kind of sentiment, maybe not uh, articulate exactly how you just did, failing is now much uh, wider broadcasted than, than it ever has been. In what sense? So say you, t and I think it can work in, in two, two ways, positively and negatively, just like almost anything. But say you tell a bunch of people you're going to do X. So okay. for me personally, I, I'll yeah. make it a, a personal analogy. My goal was to qualify for the world championships for Spartan racing. Yeah. I failed. By in one race by about the time it would take for me to do 30 burpees, which I had to do. Mm. Now. Was that if, a penalty for not? Yeah, for not okay. completing one of the, the obstacles. One of the obstacles. Okay. Some, some of them you have like one opportunity. Some there's no, it's just a pass. You yeah. can't fail. You just keep doing it until you pass. Okay. Um, uh, that's like rolling under barbed wire. Or you, you can f kind of fail because you're just going to be, you know, stuck bleeding um, <laughs> yeah. but i failed i mean i and i told a, a fair amount of people and i even went as far as making you know telling people that i that i did fail because you can't think that every every goal that you set you're going to accomplish so failing now you know can be more broadcasted or if the lack of saying something could tell people that you failed. Like if I tell people, yeah, and I make all these posts of all these training sessions and all these races that went well, and then you get to the final. Yeah. And, and there's no DNF or DNS or whatever. Yeah. Well, that's a public failure that is hard where if you're only going knee deep, you're not into that competition stage. You're not into that really, you know, laying your neck out there to, to like be vulnerable. Because they think that if you are, they're going to look at you and say, hey, guy's a failure. Like, what is, like, why, why would I want to do that? Where I think the things that I learned from all those hours training and all those trips and all those, all those races. All the competition, the, the qualification competition. Right. Mm -hmm. Makes makes it easier for me to dive into things because it's like, well, even if it's just a, you know, just a small interest level, well, I was neck deep in Spartan racing and I, I failed, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. like it, it, for me, it makes it easier, but for a lot of people who wrap their identity up in these devices, <laughs> it's, it's a lot harder to say, oh, I'm going to train for a year for one goddamn race. Because if you do that and you don't do well, well, some people don't have the resiliency to say, okay, well, maybe I'm just not good enough and that's okay. <laughs> maybe it was the process. Right. Maybe that's what I got <laughs> or that too. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It, so there's a lot of things that, that can go into that where people are like, you know, I don't, I just would rather watch the I'd, office again i'd rather not do anything <laughs> than try something and fail and have that fail failure define be, you or have yeah, people I associate see. that failure with you when it's that's just 
It's just an exercise. Put so much emphasis on like success in that regard. Uh, because what you do is who you are. Right? Like it's the same like, hey, what do you do? And then that's supposed to tell me who you are. Like, oh, I'm a fireman. Oh, I'm a I'm an ex. I'm a thing. And but if you're like, a, but that's not, but I'm being, a failed racer. You're like, oh, like that's well, different. no, because you're because now you're conflict. You're you're adding how you do the thing to what you do, right? Oh, right, right. right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. like, I'm I'm a fireman. You know, well, are you any good at it? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, are you a good firefighter? I mean, yeah, like, I pulled three fat your, people yeah. off toilets last week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. I cut two people out of a house. Yeah. Only was, five it, of the six houses burned down. It, it, <laughs> yeah, we were a little late. You know, yeah. what I am? I'm a great firefighter. What uh, the? I'm not a very good driver. <laughs> however, and so we didn't get to that one house. I'm really sorry. There, you at forty three, six. I mean, <laughs> um, the five out of six but, is good enough for dentists. <laughs> and lawyers. <laughs> so there's, so it's kind of funny. Then what do you do? Well, I'm, I, I, I do these obstacle, you know. But and what do, what do I do? Fuck. Uh, I mean, I don't know what I do. Well, now, I mean, there was a point though where, I mean, and I'll just say that, like, I don't know what I do now. Like, I'm thinking of, you know, okay, next time. I get pulled over by the cops, you know, what are you doing driving around two o'clock in the morning? Like, well, I'm just coming from work. Well, what do you do? Oh man, I don't know. (laughs) And then suddenly you're, you know, you're you're, sobriety test. (laughs) Yeah, sobriety. Exactly. Or, or you got your hands on the hood of the car. How much time do you have for me to explain it? Yeah, exactly. What do you, yeah. Uh, Like, I don't know now, but there was a period of time where like, I am this. Right. And you know, this is what I do. Therefore, this is who I am, and I, yeah, I'm really fucking good at it. But now I'm like, uh, yeah, I, I don't. It's hard for me personally not to put myself in a box, but I also appreciate not it it, it being All difficult right. for others. Application, yeah, for for a loan for a house when mm-hmm. it says occupation, what do you put? Oh, consultant. Oh, that one's a good one. Yeah. I get, they were a little bit weirded out by mine. What did you put? I induce existential dread in my clients. <laughs> was there enough room on the, like the blank that yeah, they, was, like they gave you enough room to, if you wrote really small, you could get that on there. Like, what does that include? <laughs> Torture and self-reflection mostly just self-reflection yeah with the threat of torture <laughs> but not actually do like self-induced torture though i don't touch them there's yeah. no liability here i'll be able to i'm not going to jail i can pay my mortgage yeah. how'd that work how'd that work out you guys get the refi yeah or? we did we got i got it <laughs> jesus Christ. just oh fuck speaking of which i think that's due <laughs> uh, but it's it's oh you got the first when you refi, don't they give you the first month? Yeah, I got I got January off. Yeah, all right. I mean, it's cool. tacked on, obviously, to the. <laughs> of course, it's not, it is. A, it's not a gift. It's not <laughs> a gift. It's not. Yeah. So they lied. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, to make it a little bit easier up front. Fucking assholes. <laughs> Fucking. That was the worst. Pro- yeah. Just I could rant about that for an hour and a half about that. Process, but it is but. it is interesting. Like the, there, that you have to willingly put yourself in a box in order to get the result you seek. Yeah. Right. You gotta you gotta limit your description of yourself to a specific thing that those individuals will um, will grok, as they say. 
cry. But putting putting yourself in a box or or you know having people one of the first questions that Americans at least ask is, "Oh, what do you do?" Yeah, yeah. But it, go to Europe and it's different. Oh, very different. Very different. And yeah. so we've almost been programmed to associate whatever you do that has to equal or equate to who you are and what type of person you are. Right. I mean, I don't necessarily, you know, I didn't start consuming marijuana until I was over 30 or. Oh yeah. Same. Like 32 or something like that. And I didn't start drinking coffee until I was over 30. Yeah. So like the idea that, that if I tell you that I, you know, develop real estate, well, there are a whole host of assumptions that go along with that, that that can be either good or bad. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I, I can understand. And that a lot is depending on the environment where yeah. we are. Like yep. if I'm, oh, are you a slumlord or are you, are you chopping down the Everglades, man? Exactly. <laughs> you it doesn't know, or, have to be, it, yeah. it, it's not necessarily the, the, are you you know One are you going up all. or are you going out? Right. Like there's it, all kinds it's, of it's it's more complex and more nuanced than that. But but for whatever reason, Americans like to distill it down to that. Yeah, which I don't think but is that's fair. A, but that's a good loan application description of you know the work that <laughs> may or may not get well, you the, <laughs> the rebuy on the house or that whatever. That is but. the exact reason w- why like the worst of humanity is so easily affected by something that is nuanced because we don't want nuance. We want black, white. We want, oh, I know. You want to be able to describe something by exactly what you know about it. And they're, they're, you know, that's how you, that's how you navigate your world. Like, is the door open? Yes, it's open. It's like everything is binary. Even though we're not computers, we really wish we kind of were. It'd be, it'd be simpler, right? It's yes, no. It's this, that, the other. As soon as there's like, kind of like and this is why it's hard for us because we live in a gray area where you're like what do you do and you're like well fuck i i mean um we transform we help people transform themselves um oh you're a life coach (laughs) i i'm a life ending coach (laughs) (laughs) it's something like that but that that's the only thing like if i was going to describe myself accurately it'd be like oh i'm just hyper obsessed with transformation and it used to be the superficial bit right it used to be the physical performance aesthetic part of transformation and then it turned into the psychological transformation because i noticed you know obviously that was the more powerful button to push in people because on all the other stuff cascaded and now there's another thing that's beyond that, that you're like just scratching the surface of like, actually, if you can get somebody's like, I don't know, whole essence, they're, they're, they're like spiritual transformation to occur where they realize their place in the universe, then the mind follows that and the body follows that. It's like this like trail that happens. Um, and how do you do? I don't know how to do that yet. That, like that's the next project is how do you transform somebody in that way? That's not true. <laughs> that, that you don't know that. And I'm not talking about because, because, I mean, if we say the intersection of, you know, art and action, mm-hmm. 
or art and effort or the philosophy of effort, those like it's art and philosophy, it's feeling that we can induce by way of things that we write, that we create, that we capture, that we communicate, that actually affects this, that spirit in a, in a way. Yeah, there's a deeper practice mm-hmm. that, can, that, that is beyond that, but for sure, you know, I mean, just in that little piece that, you know, uh, that you sent last night from the 30s mm-hmm. of photographing the, you know, the little white flower next to the black smoking chimney, you know, oh, and, gosh, and right you know, it's a juxtaposition, is it contraposition, whatever, but these are the two, two things, and that is an evocative image that had been written about that I can then imagine without having seen the image, how does that affect me? What am I looking for? Why am I looking for the 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 relationship between those two things rather than just like going whole hog and only wanting to see white flowers all the time, um, or only wanting to see you know smoking chimney stacks and industry and the demise of mankind? So uh, I can read this bit, yeah, because it, it's it's like uh, it's fairly interesting how it came about. Um, so it, anyway, I think you're affecting people's spirit more, or you know how to more than I know more that than, I know more than you, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, Aaron's uh, grandpa, who's an architect, like a fairly well-accomplished architect. I mean, he's done all sorts of stuff in Coeur d'Alene. He said, like, he's he's developed a, actually land development for uh, preserve for national forests and whatnot. Um, he ob- he has an affinity for Leica cameras as well. And uh, she went up there. We haven't seen him for a bit, and so he he was like, "Give Michael this. He'll appreciate this." as a present and it's an original like a manual from 1936 and his his father so aaron's great grandfather was given it to it from the uh, editor-in-chief of the chicago tribune and so it's it's like it's very old but i was like oh cool you know what a what a cool little thing it has a couple contributors and then i opened the first the first two paragraphs just kind of like kind of blew me away uh in how it was written because people don't write like this very often um there's something there's something to me when when somebody appreciates black and white photography it's something correlated to how they speak about the world they're like shit it's changed so this is um this is from that opening um paragraph of that book The world is large and filled with many things. It is difficult to get acquainted with so much. Existence seems to be crowded. It's hard to feel at home in a place full, so crowded with joys and sorrows, dreams and hopes, as well as the multitude of objects that pour like an avalanche into our lives. The products of the machine age alone form a Niagara that seems overpowering. There is little time for leisure, and work seems the currency of our present-day life. But in spite of all this, nature continues to grow and unfold its loveliness. Beauty is fearless and stands proudly besides the blast furnace and the dynamo. These monsters do not disturb her. She holds mysteries greater than anything done by the work of man. She was here long before the machine intruded upon our world, and she will remain long after the last cogwheel stops its grinding world. These two powerful forces stand side by side. Man must bow in reverence before it all. It is wonderful to be able to see and know a few things that are, that are around us, and it is not possible to know more than a very few. 
The idea has often impressed me. It is a little thing, but it is something that I would like to record. I would like to show my friend a symbol of these two forces that exist side by side in the crowded world we live in. Somewhere I'll find a little white flower growing beside a black factory chimney. It will be worth recording, and I will touch a button, and the hard, cold, and uncanny eye of the modern camera will embrace the idea. I will take home a record of what has been in my mind. I want to show it to my friend so that he can see at a glance what I'm thinking about. It's kind of fucking weird. <laughs> and there's the key to the yeah the, the spirit in a way. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and I I think I have it lately. It has a lot to do with like transmitting just a feeling without saying any words, like you know, writing a prescription a mathematical looking model that you can learn to comprehend and then performing those actions that the model dictates and then without words nodding and knowing that you felt the same thing as another person it's the same thing as like why it's fascinating to take a picture show the picture to somebody and they go oh yeah you see it like that too or oh you see it different or whatever there's just a there's um i don't know there's a connection that happens there that's beyond other things um, and being able to create that um, is I think a, a gift though too I mean I, I don't know I mean that's coming from someone who can't I mean I can write in a you know something that you're going to be able to comprehend and read but maybe not feel the types of emotions that that and I know some of it comes from practice but I, mm-hmm. I don't I think that that would diminish the talent that 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 you guys possess with with from that perspective um same with photography I mean that fifth grade trip I took to France my my mom told me to not take pictures again because of how how bad they were not in a joking <laughs> sense just because it's like you wasted don't, all this yeah. film. Don't bother. You kind of of your thirty six pictures on this, you know, Roll disposable disposable yeah. camera. Twenty four from were from the aquarium and were of fish. How does how does that help us? <laughs> know know how your trip was? Yeah, it, it doesn't. Um, to be fair, I did the same exact thing when I had a camera when I was younger. Yeah. I just I shot. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, I would just loved to click the button and wind the film. There was no focus. There was no anything. (laughs) It was just, it was just, you know, but by the time I actually started to learn about photography, I'd clicked the button a lot. And that actually, that was something. There, there are phases. Everybody's different. Some people are ultimately so talented at it that it makes it hard to recognize how you could ever develop skill because talent is so inherent in their ability to under and maybe they just understand the concept like that guy flipping through the air diving into water he has an affinity for his body in space that i don't have and he like somehow he can feel it right he's attached to it and when you roll with somebody who's just naturally good at jujitsu from the get-go they can feel their body in space and when you sometimes people just see and they can like adjust the camera and they, they can feel the lens is at the right spot. They click and it's perfectly in focus everything, the composition, everything looks 
perfect. Um, I'm having this issue right now with learning music because I'm learning from people who got it naturally. Like they've been playing for 20 years and they'll be like, oh, I learned how to play that in like a week. And you're like, cool, not helping, but like, (laughs) you know. Awesome for you. (laughs) But if you can get past the part where you, where all you can see is your terribleness, right? And that, and that's actually what other people see too. Um, something like momentum starts to shift. I I know uh, Mark didn't start out a great climber, right? You weren't like there, there was the normal things and then something shifts and you start to gain momentum because you break through that initial spot. And and it could be with anything, not saying that everybody has to take pictures and write. They just need an art that they could get momentum with and express so that they can, show people how they see the world basically. And that's kind of how I view it. It's um, music is so weird because you're so fucking terrible at it. uh, If you're me and then something, just one thing will shift. And for a day you start to understand how you could possibly sound better. And after enough weeks of that, it's like now I know. So now I can, okay, now I understand what I'm actually hearing. That's bad. And that that was like a revelation to me. Was play uh, played music with um, Lorraine and Shen, who are two of the most phenomenal musicians that I've ever heard in my entire. They play every fucking instrument. They can catch on to any song and just start playing it. They they're like natural musicians. Um, and I watched her fuck up on a song. And what was weird is not is not that. Nobody probably heard it. I heard it because I played guitar and I could hear like something happen. But her correction was different than how I correct myself. And I realized like in that moment that I correct myself learning this thing. I'm still correcting myself based off of other people's impression of it. So when I play by myself, I get nothing out of it. When I play for other people and I can feel whether they think it's like you can feel whether they're cringing or not. That's how I know that it sounds good because I can't hear it directly. I'm learning by a level of abstraction that the best in the world aren't having to deal with. So I it taught like, oh, I need to cut this level out and learn how to like hear it differently. Um, and it's that I think that's the same with writing. I need to cut these words out that are making it sound like not what I want it to sound like. And it's, there's always, it's like every fucking thing that we talk about isn't what you bring and what you add to it and what you consume. It's what you can fucking cut away that gives you the freedom to express yourself, whether that's through effort or endurance or writing or photography. It's like all of the gimmicky shit that might actually kind of help you learn it actually needs to go away eventually. And then you just need to be with the thing, the, the, the medium. The training wheels need to, yeah, get you know get off at some point. Or, yeah, um, so I'm back it, to sounding terrible because I took my tuner. Interesting <laughs> thing though, like the relationship of like how do you? Because I can, you know, and I've done a decent amount of public speaking and I've mm-hmm. you know spent some time rehearsing and that kind of thing. But it's way. But if I'm by myself, mm-hmm. that's just memorizing. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. not. Um, and, and that's also going to go away, you know, as yep. soon as there's the first reaction to, you know, the, yeah, the no 
plan survives first contact yeah. or everybody has a plan Getting to get punched, hit, you yeah. know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you got a fucking plan. You stand up in front of audience, you drop one joke, and and the thought, the thing that happens next is a pin Whoa. dropping. Yeah. You're like, all right, well, my plan was wrong, and uh, this is not the audience for that particular, you know, or whatever. <laughs> like, and, and so practice, like being able to feel that interaction is immensely helpful. Like if you just practiced music on your own, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't see, like you can't, you can't feel the mistake in the way that you feel it when you experience other people also feeling it. Yeah, 100%. And, and speaking is the same way. It's just like, look, I know who to like, okay, these are the people in the room that I will make eye contact with because they are clearly the influencers. That one laughs, then the group around them laugh, you know, or that person gets it, then other people around them are nodding their heads. So I'm speaking to these people and I'm basing what I do off how they are responding or maybe how the energy generally in the room is while still trying to communicate the message that I had, you know, that I had written and then rehearsed and then hope to transmit. This is something this embarrassingly took me way too long of of living to understand. And that's that expertise um, actually does not dislike amateurism and and, uh, like true expertise, like people Mm -hmm. who have really developed a skill that um, see other people trying to develop a similar skill. I always imagined it was annoying to the expert to watch somebody try you mean it, like an older dog with a puppy? Yeah. That's how it feels. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like, oh, God, you're just trying to do this thing. And you're just always... I'm just going to put my paw on your face and make you go away. Right. Yeah. And I didn't realize that, like, okay, it would take the thing the thing that I know that I'm good at, which is, like, I, I can I can train. I'm good at training. I'm good at exercising. Um, when people are bad at exercising, they give me the, oh, I got to get in shape before I come train with you. And I was like, no, learn the right way correctly from the get-go. That way I don't have to reteach you certain things. <laughs> right? Like come in now and I can foster something good and that way we can train together and I can have somebody to train with. And that's, I didn't realize that until I got into music. And then I realized, like, I didn't want to play in front of anybody good because I didn't want to annoy them until they're like, no, no, let's hear it. Like, let's. Because they want people to fucking play with. They love music so much that they want as many people playing music as possible. I love jujitsu so much that I don't care. Like if you're what, come in, start to learn this thing, the sooner the better. Because the faster you get up to a higher level, the better it is for me. Because now I'm responding to somebody learning quickly. And that's that's what feeds the entire process is that experts will allow and foster amateurs to get better quickly so that the experts can become more expert. They can they can retain their their ability by being pushed by people below and dragged from people above. It, it's like this this balance. Anyway, I thought that was But I think there's also like a like the more expert you are in something Let's just say that you know there is the potential that your enthusiasm begins to wane. Sure, a little of course. bit, and the the new people coming in, it's just like that was 
you know, kind of interesting to me on some different climbing trips where I'm just mm -hmm. like, uh, fucking Alaska again. Mm -hmm. God damn it. And then I'm with some guys who are just like, Oh my God, look at that. And I'm like, yeah, it's Mount Francis. It's always fucking been there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little one, the bigger ones behind it, the one behind it, man, that's what we're here for. Come on. Quit fucking around with these, you know, like, but the, but the enthusiasm is so great that like it's yeah. contagious right, in exactly, a way that yeah. like I rediscover my joy for the thing by way of someone else you know, mm -hmm. experiencing their own joy, however new that is, however, mm -hmm. you know, clumsily they might be expressing, you know, what they're experiencing or playing when it comes to music or whatever. It's like, it is a, it is a genuinely uplifting thing to share that with people, regardless of, you know, the disparity in, expertise or whatever right uh, on that topic i mean you watch a kid pick up a camera and it's fascinating like what are they gonna do with it you know just watch them figure it out and you're like captivated by like how a mind interacts with this thing that you know how to use and you could actually tell them but you'd rather actually watch them develop their fascination in real time and instead of trying to ruin it by explaining it which is like some of my best music teachers, they don't ruin it by explaining it. They just nod along and they're like, you'll get it. Like, that, uh, no, no, I want to know how to do this thing. And you're like, listen, hear it, and then feel what it feels like to make the sound and then make it sequentially, then do that a thousand times and you'll know how to do it. So how do you practice? How do I practice now? Um, I uh, The things that I, uh, with music specifically, mm -hmm. um, I practice with other people. I still practice on my own for maybe an hour or two a day. And then um, I'll practice with Sam. And then I'll practice in a group during like an ayahuasca ceremony. So I stopped playing instruments when I was in like fifth grade when I did the uh, recorder or the. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what practice is like. So does that mean that you listen to a song, try and recreate it and tape yourself and then try and listen to them. Does it, you know, do you play one specific song till you nail it? Do you do, oh. I, how, how does, what is it? What is it? Training I, or a practice? Session I have look ADD. Like? So mostly it's guitar, but because guitar and singing go together, I also practice with a shruti box. And because rhythm is a big part of like different techniques in guitar, I also practice on a drum. So I try different different instruments to help like antagonize change in how I hear what's going on. Um, mostly practice is just sitting down and listening to different different chords okay. and how they correlate to each other. Yeah. Um, and then there's structural practice, which is taking um, like music theory and applying it. So like starting to really like read and comprehend how the fretboard looks um like a piano key setup like where the where the notes would go and then learning the scales that play that so starting with c and then going to a and f and all of these things um and then trying to then take it out and be more abstract and try to hear what notes sound like um and then weird things like playing blindfolded to so you can feel the chord um but a lot of it is just making noises and experimenting or playing like a lot of the time it's just trance like i'll just play the same strum rhythm and then try to accentuate it over and over again for like an hour and a half and you know until my fingers give out on me and i have to fucking stop because they're about to bleed but 
it, it change. It just kind of, it's like training in the gym. It's like, what do I feel like doing mm-hmm. and what do I know I need to do? And it's like a combination of those two. I want to learn this song. Um, I don't have the skill set to learn that song. So I usually find a song that has uh, a particular skill that I need to learn. And I'll learn that song as a correlation to picking up the skill. And then I'll transfer it to something else. What do you hope to do with this skill? Just enjoy it. Do you want to make any of your own songs? Or have you already? Yeah, I, I mean, I have I have my own. Um, that are that are just like experimenting with how to put um, chords together and tempos and trying to learn music structure and how to get a song to a crescendo because that's a very difficult thing. Um, I can I can play a song through right now and I can follow direct. I can mimic things. That's fine. Um, creating your own is a different level. Sure. Um, do you know what's fun? Um, I think I really liked music uh, because it goes along that same. I never realized how dependent I was on music, even though I listened to it my whole life. And I, you know, it's been a, I've never driven in a car without music. I've never like really gone for a run without music (laughs) or, or like it's very few times that I don't have music in my head exploring new things. So, um, it was really strange for me to understand that after like 35 years of living that I actually need to learn this thing. Um, because it's changed me and I knew learning it would help change other people. So one of the really interesting things about music is that uh, if you buy into it, there's this you know three thousand year old theory, this Indian theory of uh, the ragas, which is how different chords and notes can change your state, your conscious state. And now it's a little bit better discovered. So certain drum rhythms, certain beats per minute or per second rather will elicit different brainwave function and so there's like a physiological side to it and then there's like the esoteric version of it where it's like you can shift your state by playing certain corded notes and certain things Um, that's really fascinating to me because I felt that work pretty well Um, it turns out I didn't know this but pretty much every song that I tried to learn uh, was corded in D minor and that has to do, if you go back to like the theory, that has to do with, um, uh, in, in Indian theory, it would be uh, moving energy from sacral chakra through your uh, ajna. So uh, that sounds like really weird and fucking hippy-dippy, except that when you do like uh, human design reading, I'm a sacral chakra person. <laughs> and that's specifically for, you know, quote unquote, when your sacral chakra is blocked. And I thought it was a really fascinating thing because whenever I'm in a certain weird depressed mood, I'll put on certain music and it'll alleviate that feeling. So now, you know, and that, it sounds really weird to people that'd be like, oh, he's totally full of shit and it sounds weird. Um, and I probably am, but that changed me. And so I know, oh, I can change my state if I know what I'm doing. So if I if I learn music, I can know how to change my own state. That obviously goes without saying that what I apply transformation to myself, I know how to do to other people. So it's along those same lines. But mostly I enjoy it. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we steer states in the, you know, mm-hmm. in the effort space with music for people all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes knowingly so, sometimes not. 
<laughs> yeah, to see Kate's to see Kate's face when you put on the Who. She's like, "Are we fucking riding our air bikes to Mordor?" <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kai needed it. You know, he's just like in that spot. And I'm just like, yeah. all right, well, here we go. Yeah, he asked for it, and everybody else is coming along. Yeah, on this. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, I mean it, it is strange it's really weird that mix of uh, because you can't be but a bunch of that other time, stuff right? it's just like yes exactly right well, yeah it, it's it wears on you like why does it wear on you it's just music like if it's so benign then it shouldn't affect your state but then when you switch it or you know you're more aggressive with it or you're softer with it you can change your heart rate you can accelerate your heart rate you can find motivation through sound and you're like if we're totally reactive to this thing and yet we know nothing about it, meh, maybe we should kind of dive into that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, because uh, obviously there were some shifts the other night going from Eminem to Tony Bennett, but, you know, or little Bobby Vinton, or, you know, like, yeah, we got to calm down now. Like, the, yeah. it's the old school hip hop rap, whatever, mm-hmm. for 90 minutes or an hour and 45 minutes. All right, we're done with that. Mm-hmm. And now they're now it's time for, you know, Barry, well, reggae first, Barry White next. You know, but, but like, we need to take yeah. it back down so that it can accelerate again once 6 a.m. comes around or whatever. But right. without, without dropping out of that crescendo or that up tempo mm-hmm. sort of feeling for some time to give everyone a break then then you know when when the who comes on yeah or you know whatever other you know or the tools symphony <laughs> if you will um th- th- there's no way to respond to it if you haven't had a period of sort of relaxation mm-hmm. beforehand or the you know the the, the lower energy yeah thing i mean it would have been interesting to try and steer try and dj for the entire 24 hours to like manipulate state to make sure that people didn't start out too hard yeah you know to like hey this is 24 hours not 24 fucking minutes or 24 miles or whatever and how do you 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 know the idea just of using you know pre-recorded music the, or even having like you tried to have Sam play, but the bikes are too loud. Yeah, uh, acoustic guitar. And you, the the trouble with that is that everybody is so different in whatever headspace they're in, given the duration that they're actually on. So some people are doing yeah. ten, twenty, one minute, five minute. It was all over the place. That's actually true. Yeah. yeah. And so it, I noticed, like, that's one of the reasons I had to put in headphones because yeah. was it when it was really up and I was on a long section, like a ten minute section. I need something to calm me down. Yeah. So I had to put in like the softest, you know, guitar, yeah. like Spanish, slow singing tempo music that I could possibly find. Just to, like, because if I change it, heart rate goes up to 165. Yeah. Like it's too much. It's so, uh, and I noticed that, but if we're doing like when me and uh, Keegan did the, uh, the, what is it called? Oh, the Challenger. Yeah. Um, I put on, something aggressive and you could tell it was freaking him it was too much for keegan he needs like something that's up but not that intense yeah and i handle intensity in music a little bit better so that that's it's just interesting to watch an individual respond to different sounds and i think that's i mean obviously 
some people really like oh pop music and that like that is comforting to them because the song is engineered to be comforting to be repetitive to be kind yeah. of oh i don't want to say mindless because it, it does take some it takes skill to make but pop music in general is supposed to be generic as to not offend anybody and to be applicable to the widest variety of people possible yeah it was interesting um when i was sort of managing the music and then talking to Brandon at one point, he's just like, man, should have been in here earlier. <laughs> he was having some trouble with the, the Taylor Swift. Oh yeah. Sec- section apparently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which, and that's kind of funny actually. It, I mean, just in the sense, no, but we have a relation like, yeah, there was a period of time when I was born again <laughs> about music and I was very yeah. strict and intent with my like and dislike mm-hmm. and vocal about it. And I only listen to this because this is the way, because, you know, blah, right. blah, blah. And so if that's in, and if, if the music that I listen to is sort of wrapped up in my identity a little bit, then yeah, other forms outside of it are going to have an effect that like, I wouldn't necessarily find a pop song comforting right. back right. in that time. I was annoyed right. that, People Same. were seeking comfort in music rather than seeking discomfort in music, right? <laughs> you know, and and I sort of and I you know when Brandon said that I was like, oh yeah, you needed something different because of whatever associations you, that you have, and and that might have changed it. I mean, that did change at some point for me. I'm just like, oh, I'll listen to Taylor for a little bit, maybe you know, because I just need. I'm just kind of curious, like what are what are, what do people listen to? I mean, they t- I I listen. I should. I mean, I do listen to very weird shit sometimes. Uh, it, it's and that's only because I mean I don't necessarily like it. So I'm looking for new things that will like provoke or Certain. interest. Yeah, just like and some of it gets really fucking weird. I mean, um, I've been really into just chanting and and drone music lately. Like just a drone with a chant in mm-hmm. it is fascinating. They have this, I can't remember what they call it. They have this technique in um, in Hindu um, chanting practices. And it's, it's they get their voice to fluctuate and make two noises at once. And, and it, like when you hear it, it sounds like somebody's doing something weird with the volume, like turn it up and down and like it's, flu- it sounds like it's like mixed music. Um, it's not, it's just one person who's controlled their, their, uh, vocal cords that they can do it a little bit through throat singing and that weird, that weird noise that you can make if you, um, and then you can growl so you can make two tones that way. But this is while you're actually singing. Oh, do you have something? Yeah. This is Sheila Sandra. That this record, I mean, it's the uh, the the Bone Crone Drone record. Is I mean, if you go from the start to finish of it, it's. It's transporting you, yeah, in a way that, yeah. Okay, that's probably enough for the censors to come in and <laughs> stop this podcast. <laughs> I wonder if it'd pop up. Anyway, 
That was a long, yeah. a long rabbit hole dive down uh, um, music. Um, are we, where are we at? I don't know. Well, the <laughs> one thing that we, I should have brought up over the space program. So, uh, can I just use that money towards a symposium? Yeah. Well, I was actually just going to give it back to you and oh, say fly okay. out, fly out for a symposium. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Would okay. You know, and the reason, so I don't, that was probably two months ago that you sent, sent that uh, something-ish? Yeah, yeah. Um, six months, six weeks ago, I think. I think I dated the letter. Probably. Yeah. We could yeah. go look at it, but yeah. it, was, it was pretty It was pretty good. Like, okay, I'm going to commit to the full 52 weeks of the space program. 52, 54 months. months. 50, months. It's 54 months of, to the exact, I think it was 40, uh, 47 cents or something. Yeah. And it came cash in an envelope, and we're just like, well, we don't know what to do with this. Like, <laughs> like I, somebody making the commitment for that long to support yep. what it is that um, we're doing, and then and then you shortly thereafter send an email and said, hey, I'm going to be out there. I'm like, oh, we just got to hold on to this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Then, and sit down with Kevin and just see, like, God dang, you're, we're not even sure we want to do this, man. And it's now still the beta. It's still the beta version. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to do it that long either. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Fuck. I, it's we are moving forward with it. Like, um, we're still we're still deciding what it's gonna be. Um how how like that's the hardest it's the hardest thing because You mean the we didn't learn anything from the beta? I learned a ton and that the things that I want to change are next to impossible to actually change. Like the 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 format that I would like for it doesn't really exist. And until yeah. we can figure out a way to do it, we might just keep it the same to keep it going, see how that evolves. Um it might turn into written material later. I it, it might it might it could evolve into anything. I like how it's going because I'm seeing like an insane amount of ideas coming in. Um, people don't maybe realize, but we get like session submissions for it because we are like, oh, let's see what other people think. We get uh, dozens and dozens of those. And there, I have to go through them, read them. Some of them are great. Some of them are close. Some of them are nonsensical. Um, but you're, what you're seeing is like people um, not necessarily want to like, oh, I want to. I want you to do this workout so you can be tougher. They're like, Hey, I did this. I want you to feel it too. And so there's, there's a whole bunch of people that want you to feel like how they feel doing a certain thing. And I think that's the only thing that I'm trying to continue is to put something, a feeling out there that you could, if you were so inclined, um, feel, and then to see how people respond to it, to see what they're like, their words and their states and, you know, see what they get out of it. I could give a fuck less if they're fit or unfit. Um, we we kind of started with the idea that like, I don't want to have to explain exercises to people. So um, although we kind of scared people away by being like, this is a super serious program, um, you should know what you're doing. I think you notice that it's not like, it's not like we're having people do fucking backflips and shit. Mm -hmm. it, it's there's, and there's usually substitutions if you don't have gear. Um, that being said, we did, we wanted to kind of like contain it a little bit. So we just didn't get people emailing us all day about how to do a proper burpee. Um, other than that, I think it's fairly straightforward. It's fairly simple training. Um, it just happens. Some of them are so fucking brutal. <sighs> yeah. 
anyway come back for a symposium yeah i i uh it it's difficult to get away with yeah the things that i have going on sure not to make it more important than or sound more important than it is just life life life. is like that so i mean i hope to um how much advance warning on a date do you need to be able to like maybe schedule some time away to get out um no i'm I'm, I have some flexibility. Because um, we're terrible at that. We know it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, this is not, your answer is not going to help us yeah, be no, any no. better, you, but usually uh, it's we might. A, a couple <laughs> months, three three months would probably be the easiest thing for me. Okay. Um, especially, you know, uh, I'm a first time dog owner. And oh. it's, oh, yeah. It's been my evolution of owning a dog for, I got him, uh, last september september 13th of 2019 um it's been one i never thought i would own a dog nice now now that you do i don't know how often and this kind of goes back into the 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 exploring the united states yeah i can can bring him anywhere yeah yeah Yeah. so i have a a a male german shepherd that i imported from uh germany oh outstanding long Um, hair no. Okay. Uh, people confuse him with being long haired just because he has it's a uh, bit he's shaggy. A, he's a not. show. He's a show line. Okay. Uh, German Shepherd. So his his dad is uh, a VA five multi year. So it, it it it's been fascinating to learn as much as I have about the specifically the German Shepherd world because my um, as most things do. Uh, it coincides with me dating um, my current girlfriend that, uh, who has been, she's, I think you mentioned she's, she's 31 today. Yeah. Ah. Don't listen to this. And, uh, (laughs) and she's been training dogs for over 23 years. Oh, nice. Yeah. Her parents have been training police dogs in, in Illinois for 40. Wow. So hundreds of out and man being, having, a resource like that available as a oh. first-time dog owner oh. is unreal. Unreal. But uh, you know, we unreal. came to Park City for for a week, and I, you know, I couldn't bring him, yeah. which mm. kind of stinks. But if if I go on one trip a year where I can't bring him, yeah. like there's a kennel that that we know of that is really great for him in okay. terms of like, you know, there's f- five runs or six runs, yeah. and so they, it's almost like they're not really at a kennel. Which, but you know, I'd love to um, be able to, you know paired up with you know going up to park city coming here for the you yep. know all sorts of stuff with it so a couple of months is is more than enough enough uh, yeah. advanced warning yeah because we've talked about what the 2020 now that it's fucking 2021 i guess we gotta really uh, the, the idea fig- was february and it's, it's usually around valentine's i think the 14th is a saturday this year or something but yeah and then the next one will probably be end of may ish because that okay. seemed to be the like depending on how be- how deep they go, it takes us the recovery times not insignificant. Yeah, we haven't planned one for a bit, um, mostly to try to get all the projects through that we're yeah. working on. So it, it's a tough one to. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think February would work. We'll have to we'll plan it out. How heavy? What uh, weight is your shepherd? Um, he's in the seventies. Oh, okay. He should be, he's really long bodied. Um, yeah. but I, he should be a little heavier. I don't know. 
I, I feed him a tremendous amount. Uh, and it seemed in actuality, he's lost weight since I got him. Oh, no kidding. And he was 14 months when I got him, but he looks great. Mm. He's an absolute machine. He awesome. looks probably 15 to 20 pounds heavier than he actually cause is. Cause his fur that, yeah. And he just, ha he has a, a presence about him where he's like, uh, cross the street type of presence. Oh, right. Which oh is great. He has a super dark mask and he's really red and, and oh, cool. you know, looked at it to Wolf. It, I've gotten a couple times. So, yeah. So I know, <laughs> nice. I know I got the right dog. Yeah. So nice. That's awesome. But no, I, I'd love to bring, you know, bring him out so he can, you know, we can go run in the mountains or walk in the mountains, yeah. uh, and do all that sort of stuff. And my girlfriend is actually getting a uh, Finnish lap hound uh, Ooh, next month. Really? I don't know. She d she's never trained it. That's kind of okay. why she got it. Um, yeah. And she's actually importing it from Ukraine, but she's going to Ukraine for two weeks just to be with the dog before she can uh, Bring export it. it. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. That's a commitment. And she, she's never been to Ukraine. Yeah. Cannot speak that language. She has an and who she's going to meet there. The breeder has, hasn't. The breeder has enough English that they. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so. Wow. She leaves. Uh, I guess in basically two weeks. Nice. So, um, that is super crazy, but awesome. Yeah. So it'll, but I guess it'll be the, a little chilly. The, yeah, the Finnish lapound, from what she's told me, is the only dog in Finland that can stay outside all year round. Oh, okay. which you know, it's just serious. It, yeah. Fuck, I was at minus minus twenty or something. Anything below freezing, and that's just because my upbringing and stuff is too cold. But, yeah, um, yeah. So it's it's exciting. So um, yeah, I'd love to be able to bring the whole squad out here um, and go to a, you know take in everything. Hardy, easygoing, medium sized breed of uh, of Spitz type of dog. There's the Spitz. Yeah. Um. Yeah, one of those popular breeds in native country. Finland is not very numerous outside of the Nordic countries. Beautiful mask on this one. Wow. Yeah, so th so the, the breeder had to, t I, I think, had to take the dog to Finland and then bring it back after it was. Um, so oh, a really? typical male is 37 to 42 pounds. That's a good size. Yeah. But the breed has a weight range of 33 to 53, depending, yeah. Profuse double coat, excellent. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they are. Oh, it looks way different than I thought it was. Gonna only look. two in Finland. Only two dog breeds are legally allowed to be kenneled outdoors in the winter: the Lapland and the Laponian Herder. Wow. Profuse hair around the head and neck gives a distinct impression of a mane. Uh, in most males. Nice. That's quite the dog. Yeah, That'll so be cool. Yeah, the pairing of the two will be pretty, f pretty funny, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, predominantly black Finnish Lapland female with spectacle markings around the eyes makes it look like she has like yellow yeah. fur around, like black mask and yellow. It's a cool dog. That's a. Oh, that one's really cool looking. <laughs> yeah, really wild. Nice. Okay, so I, I, um, so yeah, I've never owned a dog, and now I own a dog. So the amount in which can change your yep. perception and and and. Uh, being the dog's world yeah. is something I've never experienced before until now. It's um, different. And it, it, it really kind of shifts your um, your priorities and, like, 
what you want to do. Not mm-hmm. that I ever wanted to really like go live it up at bars, but no, it the, matter, the amount yeah. of joy that I get from <laughs> hitting a tennis ball with a tennis racket as far as I can and watching him just hurdle after it is yeah. just I mean it's he loves it obviously but I love it too it's it's a lot of fun so um I never thought I'd be like that but um I'm a member of the club now I guess it's something else so isn't it? yeah uh, right it's pretty wild Holy, they're good they're super good well thanks for joining us man I'm really glad oh. you came out and yeah me too down. I thought we were going to talk for an hour it's been a bit longer yeah that's all right that's I good. never expected any anything like this so <laughs> I, I appreciate it and now uh Hopefully you guys can use your gifts wisely. <laughs> <laughs> I I hope that's the case as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much for everything. Yeah. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, for coming out and, and um yeah, and do uh come for a symposium at some point and we'll try and give you enough war- advance warning. <laughs> yeah. Say. No, I mean and eventually it, it, you know, you talk about conditions being right, it, it's not gonna I'm not gonna have I'm not just going to have to do it. I mean, you're you're yeah. not going to have, you can't be ready for everything that you end up doing. So, you know, good point. I'll uh, work a little extra uh, to allow myself to be, to be out here for what I need to. That'd be nice. fun. And if, and if the dog, you know, dogs is welcome, plural, yeah. um, you know, can come then. Yeah. My, um, I mean, welcome here. So, yeah. Uh, I, and you know, it being a new, do new dog owner seeing how misbehaved other <laughs> dogs are is just eye-opening and it yeah you know i'm not a comedian but i feel like if i was i would definitely have a bid on like every child that you walk by with your child you don't like yeah oh do you do you want to meet that one yeah, yeah like right. do you want to go you know <laughs> you know what i mean like so why do you think my dog needs to know your dog yeah, <laughs> yeah. My dog literally does not give a shit about your dog. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when I got this ball and this yeah. tennis racket. Yeah. Yeah, or, right. yeah. or he's in the heel position. He doesn't care. Right. All yeah. he cares about is me, yeah. which, I mean, is good. But um, Can they know. meet? Like, uh, I, my favorite was always, like, is your dog friendly? <laughs> Are you? <laughs> See, I, in response to that, I say, uh, I usually try and not let as many people yeah. pet him or anything. Oh, but yeah. I'm like... Um, he is until I tell him not to be <laughs> because we've done bite work because yeah. again, yeah. up in, up in Chicago or North Chicago, that's where, you know, I've had him, you know, I've been sitting in vans and stuff and he flies across me to get, you know, get the, the bad guy who yeah. Yeah, right. happens to be my girlfriend's dad who is uh, pretending to be, yeah. yeah pretending nice. to be, uh, angry, but, um, yeah. Anyway, that's I, awesome. um, I appreciate the, you letting me come into the space finally it's it's well i'm glad you came pretty wild to to see it you know you see the pictures on instagram in terms of you know just the perspective and the uh viewpoint that that we get but it's um far more impressive than than i could have imagined wow thank you so thank you yeah but didn't even give you an espresso (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) give yeah, I had my limit earlier today when I tried to go to a couple places just oh, nice. to check it out and see mm-hmm. what it's like. I went to um, Thule Bakery. Oh. Um, 
and then right. I went to uh, Thule. He's pronouncing it properly, at least. Yeah, public. We say, we, we say Tuella uh, because uh, we pronounce tu- things wrong here. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, but Thule is for sure how it's spelled. Yeah, um, yeah. And public was open. Yeah, one is it the avenues? Oh, the one. Yeah, the one on third. Yeah. Okay, uh, but just for takeout. Yep. Or yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was. I haven't been to public because they they made they like a march. Yeah, they closed in March, like and it was a really and it was a public, you know, P U B L I C declaration of like yeah. saving lives and we're going to shut down yeah. because we don't believe you know da 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 da, and then the one over on West Temple. I don't is it? I don't think it's. I don't. I don't know. I haven't if it checked. Really, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been fairly contained, so no. I'm just trying not to circulate, you know, too much because. We want to still keep coming here. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, it, it, they somewhere in Virginia they they keep it pretty. You're not coming in this space, but we'll if you hand us money, uh, we'll, we'll hand you something. We'll hand you something outside <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But Fuck. I mean, in here with the, uh, I mean, an interesting thing that um, happened, I guess, at the Jiu-Jitsu Club is that they got some crazy air purifier that, yeah, um, whatever, six eight weeks ago, yeah, and no cases yeah wow. in or around that space yeah so and so before they got that i was talking to actually tom about it who was on the show about uh somebody sent me the white papers on this exact model and it, it's it's like 99 percent effective and mm. within like 30 you turn that thing on and within 30 minutes it cycles enough air through certain square footage that apparently vir- most viruses can't survive it it's um which I think we should get a couple. <laughs> yeah, we could easily. I, if they still have them, I'll have to check. I keep forgetting to look into that. But yeah, there's a way to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out the way to do it, folks. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate right. it. Thank no, you, Kevin. thank you.